the Sports Loudmouths. I'm your host, Daryl Marks, my co-hosts, Speedy Petey, and Little J himself, Mr. Teacher himself, Joshua Silverberg. Remember, you can listen to our show every single Wednesday and Thursday at 9 p.m. You can call us at 631-965-4990. And ladies and gentlemen, this is what you could also do. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you can go to our app. Go to iOS, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network, and go to our website. It is beautiful. It is. And I'm working on some new stuff that is going to be added to it. Something that's going to stick out like a woman's you-know-what. But it's going to stand <laughs> out. going there. <laughs> yes, it's going to stand out for all you fans out there. So all you women, all you men, if you... Like that? Well, then you'll like our wonderful <laughs> website. All you got to do is go to www.worldwidesportsradio.com. What's going on, guys? <laughs> well, I was doing fine. Now I'm laughing over the very, very bizarre intro that we, I just witnessed. Uh, Alex seems to agree. He says Errol's learning off strong. LOL. And now adding more of a... Fascinating and as, as, as reckless... Of an intro as you could possibly have, and I'm not even remotely surprised that he's the one that did it. So it's living okay. dangerously today. <laughs> I don't know about dangerously. I just thought it was very filling to fill that in. I have a new haircut. It's nice and fresh today. I'm nice and fresh. It's pouring outside here in Long Island. It looks like we're uh, swimming in Australia. Okay, so it is as bad as it could be and uh, terrible to drive in. What are you going to say over there? Swimming in Australia. Oh, you've never swam in Australia? No. So how would you know what swimming in Australia is? But but why is that a reference? Wouldn't it be it's like raining cats and dogs out there? That's, no. That's the why would it be Australia? raining cats and dogs? Dude? There's a lot of wild animals in Australia. Yeah, there is. There's a lot of them. And, and by have the way. Ever, like, no, have there ever been like huge rainstorms in Australia, though? He said swimming. That implies swimming. the ocean, too. That's, that's right. And it's covered by ocean. With a lot I'm of predatorial animals. This is a teacher, ladies and gentlemen. Well, he clearly this doesn't teach teacher. geography. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, when I think of a reference of rain, I think of raining cats and dogs. That's what I always heard of first. Not swimming. I've never even had remotely. Well, now you're using my references. Now you can use it for your friends and your family. So now you've learned something new. So I'm glad to help. How wonderful. In the words of you, how wonderful. It is wonderful. I am <laughs> helping you. And there's no Tyler on the show today, which a lot of people are upset about. But I want to give a shout out to Tyler Harrison. It was a great show yesterday. Got a lot of good 
uh, po- you know, good positive things about the show yesterday. It was very, very funny. There was a lot of back and forth banter. Um, Tyler was very, very good, and we are bringing Tyler back to the network. So uh, it's definitely in the works. So uh, uh, it's been in the works for the last couple of months, but uh, it's been hard. But yes, I, I'm Snug is salivating as we speak. Well, I mean, he <laughs> salivates <laughs> everything. I mean, the guy has a hairball between his legs. I, I don't know. But anyways, uh, we have a great show lined up for you guys, as we did yesterday. Um, at 9.30, we'll be talking to NBC Sports Edge NFL betting analyst, John Daigle. Uh, he was on a show last year. He was fabulous. Uh, and now he works for NBC Edge. So that's going to be interesting uh, to see the difference between NBC Sports. I know NBC Sports broke up. And uh, and I think that the transition of where NBC is going now with sports is starting to Edge out when it comes to nice. their yes. Edge out when it comes to their analysts. They're bringing ESPN analysts in. They're bringing Yahoo analysts in. So maybe NBC is starting to uh, transition. So that's a, a very good hockey, thing. Though. What was that? They're losing hockey, though. What do you mean they're losing hockey? Well, because hockey's going oh yeah, to well ESPN. ESPN. Yeah. yeah, we we all know that, but that 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 has nothing to do. With what we're talking about. Yeah, you know what I mean? John Daigle is exclusively football, and he does sports betting. He does fantasy football. And like Errol was saying, when we interviewed him last year, it was NBC Roto World. Now it's NBC Sports Edge. Yeah. Which, by the way, that's where I get all my – Carl wants to know where I get my rumors from. That's <laughs> from Mr. Daigle? Don't tell John that. You'll scare John away. <laughs> John, John doesn't like to be the center of attention. <laughs> that's why he's a writer. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, worry, don't worry, Josh. He'll be used to the two-part questions. Well, yeah, well, then again, he doesn't even know that Australia's uh, covered with water. So, <laughs> Josh, is he, he's definitely batting 500 tonight. That's for sure. Listen, um, I'm looking at even still alive right now after today. Well, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not the one who told you to go work with kids. <laughs> uh, like I said, when, when you're outside from 8 a.m. to 5 o'clock, Who's to, who's the one who told you to go work with kids on your uh, on your uh, vacation of summer? Okay, you know money, man. You said you know you got to make money. Oh, you know that's, that's money, you know when you have a mortgage talks. and this stuff, man. It's you know when you have a kid on the way, you got to make some money. Yeah, well, he has I, to make money so he can. Go, I've got a kid take... on the way. I'm dropping the Cosby kids. So <laughs> he's making enough money so he can eventually take a vacation to Australia and see all the water that surrounds us. Damn, damn, Skippy. Anyways, we again we'll have John Daigle joining us at nine thirty. Uh, we'll talk about Chris Paul. Yes, the great Chris Paul finally going to an NBA Finals, uh, well deserved after scoring forty two points in in a big game yesterday. He was the big part of why Phoenix is moving on to the NBA Finals, and I think are the favorites, no matter who comes out of the Eastern Conference, to win it all. So that's a great story. Uh, we'll we'll talk about his legacy. We'll talk about where Chris Paul is, as far as I'm concerned, uh, as the greatest or one of the greatest point guards of all time. Uh, we will also get into – what else are we getting into, Speedy? You the NCAA me. was yes. uh, finally come out with a legal legalizing paying the players fi- finally. So athletes have already started uh, promoting their new brands a lot of the time that they're promoting their name, image, and likeness. How about Reggie Bush Reggie complaining Bush well, yeah. and arguing with the NCAA that he wants his Heisman Trophy back and he wants his records back as well. So uh, that's going to be an interesting story, and I, as well as he should be arguing it back, and, and the USC should be getting their championships yeah. back yep. uh, because I, I think, to me, 
uh, it was wrong for what the NCAA did to USC in those double back-to-back championships, which they took away. So it absolutely despicable. And and Pete Carroll, I've, I'm surprised Pete Carroll hasn't come back and said anything about that. So uh, very interesting. He's he's old. He he'll, just give it time. <laughs> uh, I'm sure he'll write a book after he's done, and he'll he'll talk about the NCAA just screwing the hell out of everybody. What else do we have, Speedy? Uh, we'll get into more with the NBA playoffs as well, and uh, Josh will probably. Uh, Take shots at Trevor Bauer like he always does. And well, I mean, also the Washington sticky icky icky. Well, I will say this. I mean, with other stories that have come out, there were actually full on proof of pictures and texts that have. I mean, he broke the woman's skull, mm. but according to him, they were just having consensual rough sex. Well, but he broke her skull. Rough sex yeah, is I rough mean, sex, that, you know. A, I mean, how you've never I, had I, rough sex way, before? More disgusting. Come on, you never had rough sex before. Not to break a woman's skull, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> and what makes it—it's it's actually not even funny. I'm not laughing at that. What? I'm laughing no, 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 at no, you. No, I know that. But what pisses me off about Bauer—it's not even you. It's Trevor Bauer. He comes out to the game today, acting all like nothing's ever even happened, hunky dory, and he's still doing his stupid YouTube videos with a video camera, and he's recording and smiling mm. like nothing is going on. It's like he's sick. You know what I mean? Like maybe dude, it's a social like path. There's something really serious going on in your life. Maybe it's a social path. I mean, we we've. I, I was. He ain't gonna last. He will not last. In this how about sport. that Lori Dable story? Did you hear about that? Did you hear about that story? Uh, she killed her her kids. Uh, oh, actually, yeah. killed her kids and then killed her husband. Now she's That's... going up to for manslaughter. Well, actually, a manslaughter, first degree murder. Uh, um. Her brother killed all three of them, and wow. she was involved with it. And now you're talking about serial murders, and they're saying she's uh, the new end of serial killers that are now in this th- this world of hate. I mean, could you imagine? Damn. They're talking about even maybe her being involved with uh, Dable's or uh, her, well, her new husband's wife's death too, who died two weeks before they got married. So. Uh, so that that's an interesting story too. I I mean, some crazy people, and with the whole COVID nineteen and everything going on in the world, you would think that people would just try to be happy and and try to make things just more better. <laughs> and, and and you're you're talking about uh, just destruction of what what is going on in the world. But uh, yeah, and how I about mean, it? Would just it, it, like I said, I I would think if you guys had a situation. I do. I'm working well, with you. That's my situation. Well, oh, trust me. If I'm in a situation, God, I'm in hell then. <laughs> um, Don't worry. There's still time to flee to Australia. When you look, when you... This is a good hell, Josh. I mean, you're working with me. I mean, I'm, I'm as good as the <laughs> devil could be. Okay. I, hold on. I, I never said you. Are I you just confessing now that you're the devil and we didn't I have that. a piece of the <laughs> devil in I talking about Speedy. I didn't mention your name. I might have said Speedy. Well, no. I, I yeah. think you're talking about me. Okay. No, I, but um, you know, nobody just, thinks Speedy's the devil. Could anybody no, look at God, Speedy no. to be bad? Come Listen, on. Speedy knows this. On, my, on the wrestling show that I do, I compliment him every single night on Could that you show. spit it out already? But anyway, the point of it is this. Whichever no, power, no, you would right. think – that a guy that's going through a certain situation like this mm-hmm. would be a little more mindful and take it seriously. Instead of saying, yes, it was consensual. And we had rough sex, which again, by the way, is a response to a question or something like I've never heard before, but I'm not surprised because it comes from him because he's a weirdo as it is. You would think he would say, I have no, um, you, you know, you could say like, I have no, um, 
reminiscing of that. I have no way Listen, of remembering that. All, all right, like all right, all right, all right, all right, Josh. We, we, we've got the point here. You, you, you don't like Trevor Bauer. It's pretty obvious now. Uh, you don't like the guy. What he did was wrong, disgusting, if it's true. If no, it's true, proven innocent, innocent before innocent before proven guilty. Okay, is well, that the, word? the pictures are out there, and the DNA is showing it already that he's pretty much already guilty. Uh, well, hold on one second. Why? Because she says he did it. He's guilty. He didn't even deny it. Uh, he doesn't have to. He, he doesn't have to speak it, about dude, it. He, he doesn't have yet. That's why you have lawyers. No, no. Dude, he broke her skull and there were pictures to prove it. Okay. And his DNA oh, hold on. Is on the oh, oh, hold on one second. <laughs> I have seen, I watch a lot of. Uh, I got to tell you something. If you do it, I'm not in the mood. If you're going to stick up for Trevor Bauer. Right I didn't now, say well, I'm. I'm uh, no, you, you, you know what it is? You know what it is, Josh? You you have so much hatred for this guy. You'll, you'll do anything possible no, no, to throw the guy under the bus. Dude, dude, this goes beyond baseball. This goes on. This goes beyond baseball. This is about being a prick and an asshole. This is what this goes on. I never use that kind of language on here. This is about being a prick and an asshole. He doesn't deserve the platform that he's on. He has no right to have this platform. And to think everything is all hunky-dory, to put your hands on a woman like that is gross. I'm sorry. It makes me sick that a guy like this thinks that everything is all well and good in the world when he's an asshole. All right? That's what my feeling is towards him. So it, it pisses me off that this jerk-off gets to do what he wants and think everything's okay. Ooh, it was consensual. We just had like, yeah, but you broke her skull, you asshole. I don't think she asked for that, you idiot. All right, so so because there is stories coming out that he broke somebody's skull, or or you're saying that Trevor Bauer is guilty when he hasn't even been proven to be guilty. Okay, he so be, don't so worry. oh really? How no. do you figure? Because remember, this guy's got a lot of money, and and, and also she is looking for money. She, well, you, why all of a sudden, why all of a sudden, what's did going on, CJ? Article, did you see the article? Yeah, that's fine. Why all of a sudden after well, hold this? On. Did you this, see the article? The no, I don't care to watch, read articles. Okay, I don't well, read it. The they, they talked about the pictures and the text messages that came out in the athletic, and he didn't deny any of them. How he long ago did this happen? Josh, how long ago did this happen? Josh, how long ago did this happen? Who knows? I can't even remember when this died. I can't remember probably, when it Probably over a year ago, okay? So that why, make it a, so why all of a sudden, why all of a sudden she comes out? Did she deny it? Why all of a sudden did she come did out? Did she deny it? I'm, I'm asking and you it, a question. Yeah, let me ask you a question because okay, you've been yeah. talking. Why is she doing it? Why because is she coming? Because of money. Dollars and cents, baby. That's what she wants. Trevor Bauer just got so a big contract. Even, so you're saying she has no right, just because it's all about money, she has no right to sue him. Do you think Deshaun Watson is guilty? Well, if there's 20 cases coming out, there's got to be one or two of them that are going to be probably Really? Are, are, is that factual or is that just you thinking that? That's that, Innocent I mean, until no proven guilty. Yes, okay. but here's the difference. Again, hold on. There's no evidence with Deshaun. With Bauer, there's legitimate evidence, and he even admitted to it and didn't deny any of it. So, That's completely different. Watson has completely denied all of it, and there's been no he evidence. He hasn't to show spoken. It. That just because he hasn't spoken doesn't mean that he's not denying. He's, deni- he's not denying. He said all he had to say about it, and that was it. And the pictures and the, all the He said, yeah, those are true. He oh. said they were true oh. with those images and those text messages. So let, let, me, let, let me ask you a question. Again, I'm going to go back to this. Why all of a sudden has she come out 
and she is exposing because somebody us. in our family probably said either one, of course, it's about money, but two, I think you have a right Absolutely to judge Absolutely about money. He just okay. got one of but the biggest say, baseball wait, contracts in NBA and MLB history. Have a right to justice for what happened to her. Nobody is saying that she doesn't have the right for justice. Then why didn't she? Why didn't she come out? Why didn't she come? How do you know he hasn't paid her already? How do you know that he, she wanted more money and she was? Come on, Josh. Josh, Josh, you know what your problem is? And I'm going to say this. Oh, your listen, problem, I can tell you what your problem your is. Your problem is, is that mm-hmm. you're, making, you're making your own judgments on a guy that you don't even know the full facts How behind. are they my own judgments when there's been proof of pictures and text pictures messages that and, you didn't even deny? Uh, okay, so I, I've seen a lot of murder flicks, okay? I've seen a lot of see, different That's things. Great. I've seen a lot of people been proven guilty, said to be guilty when they weren't guilty, Okay. Just because it shows in this proof of pictures or any scene speculations until he was pr- is proven guilty, he's he not. He admitted to those things. Oh, my God. I could say a lot of things. You want me to go back in time and figure out things? You know what it is? You know what it is? You know what it is? Uh, to me, let, let his day go in court and figure out, just like Snug says, let Bowers have his day in court. And, and and let the opinions come out because he's right. That's fine. You cannot accuse somebody for something until he's proven guilty. And that's okay? totally fine. Now, I'm not you saying that he's not. Power, I'm not saying that he's not guilty. No. I'm not saying. But you, who hates his guts, you believe automatically Trevor Bauer is guilty. That's fine because, well, first off, he's already admitted to doing what he did. He's already, and now Rough bring sex. Court, not breaking her skull. Not breaking her skull. Okay, he said rough sex, not breaking her skull. He never said, "Hey, you know what I tried to do? I tried to beat the hell out of donkey puncher well, and break her skull." Look at it, whichever Bauer. Nothing surprises me with. Him. Well, he never said that he he attempted to hurt her. Okay, yeah. all, right? all right. So you're 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 saying this and throwing him under the bus when you don't know the whole story, Bond. Now he did admit that he had rough sex, and uh, haven't we all? Well, he didn't, and he didn't know the pictures of the text messages that went back and forth with them. Well, again, we don't know the facts behind it. So how could we accuse and point fingers at somebody when we don't know the truth? Because because when you judge and you're looking at the evidence, and this isn't even about me hating Bauer, the baseball player. I just think he was, I think he's always been a prick. This is the same guy that has anger management issues. He's had anger management issues. He threw a freaking baseball, a baseball 300 feet over the fence. Did it hurt anybody? Did it hurt anybody? All he all he did was make him look look him. All he did was make himself look like a fool. Okay. He, and he, yeah, and he's done it even more so. Uh, but so so because because he had rough sex and he admitted to rough sex, he admitted to breaking this woman's skull. Okay, that that doesn't make any sense. And why after a year's worth of term of this, she comes out. And she wants money. Hey, listen, That's what it is. It's all about money. And you know what? And honestly, if he if he's proven not guilty or he pays her off, I'll admit that I was wrong. But that's it. He's definitely going to pay her off. Out. He's definitely paying her off. That's fine. This is this. Is, she's going to make her two or three million dollars off of this. Put his hand, the fact that he put his hands on her like this, I got to tell you something. His teammates in that locker room, well, Domingo Herman could have the same thing. These, hold, these on, hold, on, hold, no hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Domingo Demon had hold domestic, on. he, her mom, whatever. He had a domestic violent dispute, mm-hmm. okay? People saw him 
beat his wife. Okay. Yes. Nobody saw Trevor Bauer hit this woman. He uh-huh. said he had rough sex. Okay. Rough I can't believe sex. Actually, what, what do you mean, everybody? I just, I could, if I walked up to six of my friends and I, and I asked them, have you ever had rough sex? I bet you five out of six of them would say yes. Well, I got to tell you something. When you're having, when they say that this was a domestic uh, charge or something like that, you would, I would just say, I don't have any comment right now. Maybe we, when, maybe lawyers. when we come that back from break, we'll ask John thing. if he has. Okay, I mean that'd be a weird first question, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> I, what? I don't. I listen. If he's proven guilty, then I, 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 I don't, I don't believe in anybody touching a woman. Okay. Now, if she approves on the rough sex, which a lot of women do, they love it. Okay. Uh, if if there is truth to it, then. It's not his fault. And by the way, it's not speedy. It's not a weird question. It gets asked all the time. Yeah. I'm not going to ask John that <laughs> not a, No, not a, what are you saying? I guess on somebody's show. Listen. Errol just said, I, Errol, Errol just said maybe no, we'll ask him. Let me ask you, do you, think, do you think Craig Carter would ask him that? Of course he would. Of course. Well, this is, well, I'm not Craig uh, Carter. Uh, I am crazier than him. He's one of the biggest radio guys in the business. Yeah, I'm a little crazier than Craig, but I'm not going to ask him a silly question like that. I, I mean, well, of hey, course, hey, by the way, John, hey, by the way, John, have you ever had rough sex? Craig Carter would do it in two seconds. I'm not going to ask him that. Not as a first question. Maybe I'll slip it in. I don't know. I mean, he did. Uh, well, by the way, how's uh, NBC Sports? Have you ever had a rough sex? Who's <laughs> <With> Speedy? <laughs> I'm not even going to touch that. I can't oh, even say anything. I listen, and I, I don't know if Speedy would even know what rough sex is. You would uh, think, oh, it sounds no. like it hurts. Well, <laughs> leave the kid alone. He he's trying to figure himself out as as we speak at 26 years old. I mean, <laughs> but uh, we don't know the truth. Okay, and until we we know the whole truth behind the truth, and I don't think we'll ever know because I think Trevor Bauer is going to pay her off. Probably, I, I really do, and I and unfortunately, you know, with, with domestic violence disputes, with but not only with it really started in the NFL with Ray Rice. That's really how it really completely exploded in the elevator when it was taped, and then it became uh, a dysfunctional situation in professional sports. Then we saw it with basketball. Then we saw it with baseball. Then we saw it with uh, hockey. And and then we're hearing all different stories in soccer. Ronaldo getting sued by a woman because of something. So it, this has been going on, and domestic violence is a huge dispute right now, and, and it's very, oh, it's very all big. over the place, especially in baseball. It's gotten even worse. It is, it's affected sports, and as well as it should, no man should put their hands on a woman. But if the woman gives him consent to have rough sex, then it's not Trevor Bauer's fault. Of course, okay? but at the same time, we, what, what we have to wait and see. Was it really rough sex or was it Bauer doing what he shouldn't have done? What? Oh, you know what? I don't like your face and I'm going to beat your face in. Come on, Trevor Bauer. He's not that that vicious and evil. You ever see Step Brothers when he said, I really want to punch your face right now? Yeah. (laughs) You know know what it is? And and we got to go to break because we're going to bring John on. But I, I will say this. Until somebody is proven guilty, even O.J. Simpson, which we know he was guilty, absolutely despicable how this man is walking free, okay? But nevertheless, until he is proven guilty, you cannot point fingers. You cannot say he's despicable, he's disgusting, he's ruthless. You don't know who he is as a person. Have you hung out with him, Josh? 
Have you um, said, hey, you know what? I'm going to go hang out with Trevor Bauer. And you know what? Well, I'm going to go donkey punch a woman, okay, with him. And have rough sex with him. And have an orgy with him. You think he's going to do that with you? He doesn't even know who the hell you are. So uh, that's, that, that's all I'm saying, okay? So uh, instead of uh, attacking, he's not Greg Hardy. And, and by the way, uh, it, it, Jeff is right. Bauer is better than Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy is right now. He got an opportunity with the Dallas Cowboys. He he played another two or three years in the NFL, and now he's a UFC fighter. He's fighting on a major card uh, on the uh, Conor McGregor card. Okay, this guy and, and UFC gave him another shot. Okay, this guy's despicable. When you hear the story, go read what he did to his girlfriend. That is despicable. What he did. Okay, that is disgusting. So, and that wasn't consent. He he purposely tried to kill his girlfriend and try to drown her in a toilet bowl after he beat the hell out of her. Okay? It's disgusting. But he still has a job. Okay? If if Trevor Bauer is guilty, until he's proven it, if he is guilty, he should get whatever penalty uh, you know, the government wants to give him, the, the federal wants to give him, or the MLB wants to give yeah, him. Yeah, go get him. No, go get was. that piece of shit. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be talking to NBC Sports Edge NFL betting analyst John Daigle here on the Sports Loudmouths. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. Oh, a little jam puts you a little bit of ha- gives you a little bit more happiness after talking about Trevor Bauer beating up women, domestic violence. Speedy gives us a little jam. You know, I'm not dancing, so maybe Josh will dance because he's so hating. He hates Trevor Bauer. No, that's not dancing. That's wiggling your head. Okay, Josh, you're a terrible dancer. Anyways. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Sports Loud Mouths. I'm your host, Errol Marks, my co-host, Speedy Petey, and the little Jay himself, Joshua Silverberg, or the teacher himself. He doesn't know that there's water surrounding Australia, but he is a teacher, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what he teaches, but he teaches. Anyways, remember, remember you can call us at 631-965-4990. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Go to iOS, which is Apple, and you can find our app, our wonderful, beautiful app, you go to WWSRN, download our app. It's beautiful. It's free. You can read our stories. You can watch our shows live, watch the clips of our shows, figure out how you can find us on social media right on at your fingertips on Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I, so I asked Speedy to go back and, and bring back some of the analysts that we really enjoyed interviewing. And last year, we had a telephone call with uh, this particular guy, and I told after after we had the interview, I said, "Speedy, where would you rate this particular guy in all the analysts that we've interviewed uh, over the years?" And and Speedy says, "I would rate him in my top ten. So I said, "Well, reach out to him when we have the opportunity again, and we'll get him on the show because I would really like to interview him again." So we got him on finally. We are now talking to. The NBC Sports Edge NFL and betting analyst, John Dago. What's going on, John? I actually think he reached out to me just because, one, I've lived in Australia, so I can identify the water around it, <laughs> and I've had rough sex before. So I really fit in to this show quite nicely, to be honest. So, that, so you see that? It, it slips in. It yeah. slips in. There you go. So you that, see, Josh? You even, see that, Speedy? You didn't even have to ask him the question. If he's had, uh, I wasn't going to ask him the question. Yeah. <laughs> 
Josh wasn't Josh wasn't going to ask the question. That's for sure. <laughs> that wasn't going to be my first question because I have I've never met um, I've never met John before. Which, by the way, pleasure to meet you for sure. But I don't want to be the first. I don't want to be the one to ask him if he had rough sex before. That's not a way I think to really start a relationship. Oh come on! It's, it's a line, great question, well, Josh. We know how hard it would be to incorporate into a two-part question, which is half your oh, question. Listen, so. <laughs> I think he's still trying to figure out what the meaning of rough sex even is, oh, or well. sex for that matter. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, you know, we have to ask your wife if you know anything about that. That's for oh, sure. Oh, trust me. Okay, my wife is uh, very much pregnant, and I am. I actually am. It, it, it is known as I am the father. So screw you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, John, first of all, I, I worked on NBC Sports Radio as an executive producer over there for Going Deep uh, with Amani Toomer and Dan mm-hmm. Schwartzman. Uh, NBC Sports Radio kind of broke off uh, with the sports network, and I was wondering if they were ever going to bring back something uh, for NBC that was going to uh, juve- rejuvenate uh, the sports media world for NBC Sports Radio. So tell us a little bit about NBC Sports Edge. I, I, I just heard about it the other day. Tell us a little bit of the growth of, of the network and, and what you're doing right now for the network. It was obviously at one time Roto World, and then that spun into NBC Sports Edge. And honestly, that was a way to get everyone under the same umbrella and and branch out with more betting content. That's what we're doing now. For instance, like Bet the Edge runs every weekday, Monday through Friday, at 11 a.m. Eastern with Sarah Perlman and the great well capper Drew Densick. Uh, and so, yeah, it's a great show to tune into. Literally 30-minute betting advice on the games that evening, every single Monday through Friday. And so that's kind of what's happening at NBC Sports Edge. Whether that tails into more radio, I'm not sure, but the way the betting world is right now, that's the golden goose, right? That's kind of what we're all trying to get our hands into because we know we're early right now. Like we're still two years away from it actually coming to full fruition. And once it does, there's no looking back. And so I'm sure they'll continue to branch out a little more. Do you think betting at that point, the two years will be as mainstream as say just regular sports content as a whole? Yeah, it's going to definitely be easier. Like even if you look at a state like Illinois, for instance, I'm in downtown Chicago right now, and uh, you actually have to drive to sports books here to access them, which is crazy. You have to register at the desk. And like, for instance, let's say um, one like points bet is uh, two hours away from here. And so it just makes it a little more complicated. And I think it's going to become much more accessible across at least 48 states, I would say. Um, there are still going to be some stubborn ones. There are stubborn ones always with whatever laws we're trying to pass. Even if you like go all the way to like pot laws, how legal is it everywhere else? But then others are just refusing to bend the knee so far. So, yeah, um, I think it's going to become much easier in two years. But right now, it's still everyone's kind of trying to fight their way in. How long before eventually you think if this can happen that sports betting and stuff like that, it gets put into every maybe it's every stadium, every place you go at that point where you could just even do it before the games happen, right at your fingertips. That's the dream, right? And right now you can only do it in Las Vegas for the Raiders, and no one's done it yet. But of course, week one, uh, Monday night football against the Ravens, which the Ravens are going to trounce them by three scores. But hey, you can bet on the Ravens there. So great. At least they'll have that. And they have a club in the bottom level. So at least there's that during the game that no one's going to watch. So that's wonderful. So yeah, I, I think it's going to be maybe even two years because that also entails 
uh, building those types of booths into those stadiums, whereas Las Vegas is being built with that accessible the moment you walk in through the arena doors. So it just depends because it takes more construction. But overall, I think that is the main goal here, right? Just like European soccer stadiums, to be able to bet at the counter and then literally walk in, get your beer via your phone, don't even pull out your cash or card. You just swipe like this um, non-contact payment and then go to your seat and that's it. It's so interesting. We are talking to NBC Sports Edge NFL and betting analyst John Daigle. Now, John, uh, New Jersey uh, obviously brought in sports betting. But now here in New York, people have to go over the bridge to bet uh, when it comes to sports. It's huge right now. New Jersey's making a lot of money. Uh, obviously, they're getting taxed uh, up the you-know-what. And that's, that was the whole thing. And, and, and legalizing sports betting, it's, it's how the state is going to make the money you know, from uh, the particular betting. So tell me a little bit about uh, your thoughts on the betting end of it and, and how it's going to drive all these other states to bring sports betting into uh, each and every other state. So right now, everyone's providing betting content, uh, and content is universal. That's why it's sort of key right now. Um, the issue with answering that question is that I do believe it's going to be state to state, right? And so it's going to vary, honestly. I generally don't know how you get someone to travel to the next state or why you would bring someone or coax someone into coming to the next state over or states over uh, in order to bet. Like, For instance, I know a story of uh, the great Adam Levitan of Established to Run is known to, when he's visiting Vegas, he'll drive across the Nevada border to play WNBA DFS because you can't enter DFS lineups in Nevada, but you can in California. So he'll just take the border over. But that's not the case for sports betting right now um, in a lot of locations. So I genuinely don't know how they'll figure that out because it is going to be, like I said, two years is a guesstimate. I think it's still going to be a slower process. But I think that's the great question that everyone is trying to answer that really maybe one or two people who haven't figured it out just yet have an answer to. And that is how do we draw that crowd to come from that location to ours to bet. Now you're also doing you also do a lot of fantasy football stuff in addition right. to that and fantasy football and betting are kind of thought of as polar opposites for the most part but again you do both of them can you see a world in the future where maybe those two kind of things merge together because a lot of people play fa- paid fantasy football leagues like or bet or but not really both can you see it where that can merge together and if so like how do you think that could happen Oh I hope so because it's so similar uh, do not listen to the people that tell you it's polar opposite it's so similar even last year for instance like a player gets ruled out um, due to the COVID list or like in a, a, a surprising IR stint. Uh, there were so many opportunities within two minutes, right? Because the books are still slow to remove these player props. If you have Twitter notifications on, let's say, for instance, NBC Sports Edge football, uh, and then it hits your phone and you literally have that, even if it's a 30-second allotment, if you're logged into your account, you can make that bet. I did it several times. And so player props, for instance, is one. Um, If you're going all the way back to the draft, we were very successful with our draft props. And that's kind of a way of sifting through the front offices because front offices and coaches are dunces, right? We know that NFL teams are just horrible at what they do, but it's all already like a a club, like a gentleman's club. So they all do the same thing. It's all group think. So at least they all think they're making the right decision, even though they're all making the wrong decision. And so like, to get inside and know that information and then to use that, like to actually say your opinion doesn't matter because we know front offices prefer this player who in our analysis is worse than this player, but it doesn't matter. So like the books have this guy, even though he is better at plus money, 
But we know that NFL offices still covet this guy. That's a great opportunity to bet that plus money. And we did so well at props just using that analysis, just literally putting our own opinion in the back door. So uh, I think it all ties together, to be honest. Hardest sport, in your opinion, that everybody tries to bet on, you think, where they think they're too shrewd or they think they're trying to outsmart people in? Uh, Easy. It is probably soccer or football, depending where you are. Um, I know you're in Rhode Island, correct? Uh, we are on Long Island, actually. We're on Long, Long Island. Island. Okay, Long Island. Um, but I will say, I'm not saying golf, even though golf probably is the hardest, but golf is also fun as hell. Like, I don't know if you've ever sweat out like some first round cuts or like four day cuts. <laughs> golf is amazing to bet. Um, whereas soccer is not even fun to bet, honestly. And it's grueling and you're never right. So I'll say soccer. As you guys know, we are talking to NBC Sports Edge NFL and betting analyst John Diggle. So why don't we get into some football conversation? And obviously you do some fantasy and, and betting. Um, what were your thoughts this offseason with the NFL draft? If you were to rank the top three best teams when it came to the draft, where would you rank them and who are your top three? Top three teams in the draft would be the Vikings. I gave an A. Uh, A lot of people hated that they traded down because Christian Darisol was waiting there for them in the top 15. But they moved back, and they still got Christian Darisol. It was luck, I know, but luck has to do with a lot of fortunate events in life, no matter what that situation is. And then they still got two players they could use in the future, one, of course, being Kellen Mond, because Kirk Cousins' contract becomes – quite cuttable next offseason. And so I actually think there's a way that Mon starts as a third-round quarterback as early as 2022. So just to use that um, to their advantage. And again, they got lucky, but it still worked out well for them. That's an A for me. Also, the Jets, I thought, were an A. Um, it doesn't matter about how Zach Wilson performs. Like Everyone tries to say that, oh, like Zach Wilson sucks, all these things from college – could be the case, but we've seen time and time again, even you go back as early as last year with Josh Allen and Justin Herbert, NFL, front offices, scouts, us, betters, have no clue about how to analyze quarterbacks. We don't know anything. And so the fact someone has the audacity to come out and say, oh, Jets had a bad draft because they drafted Zach Wilson. That's an idiot. Don't listen to that person who says that. Uh, the fact that they turned their next three picks into comfortable situations for Zach Wilson with a with a running back, a wide receiver, and an offensive line tells you at least they're trying to maximize his rookie contract, and that's what I love. Um, and so those, I think, were two of the most important drafts. I also think the Broncos did really well. The hmm. issue with the Broncos is that they drafted as if they already have Aaron Rodgers, and now I don't know if they have Aaron Rodgers, let alone a good quarterback at all. So uh, the skill players they got were great. They, their team overall is great, except for the one position you need, which is the issue. But I still think they had a great draft. I saw on your on your Twitter earlier today, you love Javante Williams. So that's definitely a part I of do that mix. I do love Javante Williams, yeah. So my question is about the rookie wide receivers, because a lot of people were thinking, okay, with top three, Chase and the two Alabama guys, and then there's a ne- another class after that with Kadarius Toney, with Elijah Moore, with Rashad Bateman, guys like that. So where do you rank the, the top three rookie wide receivers and also that next class? And can you even see another sleeper, both both for fantasy and with real-life football and talent? So for one, it would be Jamar Chase. Now, I'm also, if you've seen some videos, I am against drafting Jamar Chase early because uh, per my friend Sharp Football's Rich Rebar, he has cited that currently if, if his average draft position stands, Jamar Chase is going to go down as the second highest drafted rookie wide receiver ever 
behind Amari Cooper's rookie year. So it's an anomaly. Whereas we know the Bengals are still a pass-heavy offense. Uh, they led the league in Joe Burrow's 10 full starts and pass attempts and dropbacks per game, as well as plays per game. And so they're going to be a voluminous offense as well. That's why I don't mind letting the two discounted receivers, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, fall to me with Joe Burrow instead of reaching for Jamar Chase. But overall, still my number one rookie. Um, second would be, I'm going down the list here just to make sure I have the names right. Uh, we can go with, look. oh, Jalen Waddle will be my second. I think it makes perfect sense because they are looking for a slot receiver. Uh, Mike Jasicki has led the all-NFL tight ends and slot routes for two years in a row now. I didn't and know so that. I didn't know I, that. I, I still think he's going to be involved from that position, but Jalen Waddle is a guy that you can use underneath, and he showed. If you go back, I know he was injured, and our most recent memory of him was showing up for the college playoff game, also being injured. But if you look at his box score games in the first five games he was healthy for, like they were otherworldly. They were Justin Jefferson college numbers. They were insane. And so I think he could. Maybe it helps a little bit that he has – college rapport with Tua, who I also think people have written off way too early because last year he performed like a rookie who didn't receive any offseason reps. Like that's what he exactly did. So I, I just throw out last year's performance through the window and actually think he's a long shot MVP candidate. And then my third one is Rondell Moore because Rondell Moore is the perfect player to scheme fit. Uh, the Cardinals have used DeAndre Hopkins last year as an immediate level receiver and they chucked to Christian Kirk deep him though we all know at Texas A&M, Christian Kirk was an underneath guy, but they don't use him like that. His dot is like 14 yards. But Rondell Moore shows up, and 76% of his collegiate production yards after the catch came within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. He's basically a dude for his entire career, got a dump off and turned it upfield because he's five, he's like 5'8", I believe, and everyone says he's too short, but he benches 650 pounds. He's more athletic than any quarterback who's going to play him in the NFL. So he's not just your average small receiver. He's a small superhero. And that's why I just think he's the perfect fit for that offense. By the way, um, I got a, like my charger's right behind me. I forgot to hook up my computer. <laughs> Give me five seconds. Ask a question. I will show right back up professionally. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love this guy. He's awesome. Look at how him. He's sprinting you, and everything. How could you Mad not dash. love this guy? See, we, could have actually, we should have bet if he was going to do it. In, uh, well, everybody wants to bet how many times I'm going to call you guys stupid asses on this show. <laughs> it will be at least once, I'm sure. We have a lot of uh, show left. So we'll yeah. definitely fill that in. But uh, uh, as you guys know, we are talking to NBC Sports Edge NFL and betting analyst John Davis. That has never happened, but good job stalling. Thank oh, you. Well, I'm, you know, <laughs> you know we're, we're good at that, especially when, uh, you know, Josh has never had rough sex. So. <laughs> no, well, I don't want to know about your sex life, that's for sure, because I heard it's non-existent. So anyway, besides that. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do, you have a, do you have a kid, Marks? Uh, I don't. I have so so. Actually, Josh is the only person who has proof he's had sex one time here. It's <laughs> true. So like, he has. He has and, that. And let, let me tell you something, John. I gotta tell you, you don't even need Speedy to prove anything. <laughs> I like Speedy by the Speedy's. The I love Speedy too, but yeah. the kid's gotta read a book. <laughs> God, I'll, I'll, I'll read it. I'll read a book on all the uh, all the aquatic creatures that are right near Australia. You know what I mean? We talk about sex. He gets all the aquatic creatures. <laughs> John, what are the what, what is the uh, Australian betting uh, legal rules right now? Maybe you can explain those to Josh too while you're at it. No, you might as well listen. I tell you what, I can take all the information I can on Australia. My wife, I know, wants to travel there for sure. I've um, been there. I've my been question there. is, in all seriousness, John, what's a what's a team that you that stood out to you where you said 
boy, this draft class was really head-scratching. I don't understand where they're going with this. I know a lot of people picked the Raiders as the easy target. Some say the Seahawks because they didn't have a first – they never picked to what the third round, and they wound up getting a – I believe a wide receiver. They once again they're not getting an offensive lineman. So what are you? What are your? What's your team or teams? Uh, it's a double-edged sword because I'll mention one in particular. The Cowboys were had an awful draft. Um, so on the negative end of it, it's the fact that they went out and deployed Dan Quinn's plan. Uh, seven or nine players were on the defensive side of the ball. They actually drafted the only two cornerbacks in the entire draft that were over six three. Uh, they made sure that length was a priority for that secondary. Having said that, they reached for those guys. Nashawn Wright, for instance, would have been around for two more rounds, and they grabbed him very early. And so also to prioritize Michael Parsons there, when you're, the strength of your team is your offense, and to not add to your offensive line, that is crumbling. Like Tyron Smith isn't necessarily old, but he's like old in reps. He's like Zeke, right? Like uh, Zeke is 26 years old. I think he has one more very strong year in him, but it's still an old 26. Like in Dynasty Leagues after this year, this is that's when you sell Zeke. You get away as far as you can from him because those 300 touch seasons are adding up. And so the fact that they didn't just add strength on strength, and that's what a bunch of dumb teams do, is they always try to like address weaknesses with weak players. It's like, no, just get better at the one unit you're good at and uh, see if you can just outmatch every team like that, like the Chiefs pretty much did before us flashing in defensive free agency. So I think the Cowboys just had an overall poor draft. The positive of that is for fantasy embedding because their offense is still incredible. Uh, last year, the same reasons we were in on Dak Prescott and Zeke and CD and Amari and Michael Gallup were all the same reasons we're back in this year. For two years in a row now, Dak Prescott has finished, and I understand last year was a small sample of five games, but he still finished second overall among quarterbacks in fantasy points per game. He has 26 games under Kellen Moore now under his belt, and he's averaged 23 fantasy points per game in those games. Engineering Kellen Moore's offense has been a blessing for him, uh, along with Amari Cooper, who has had a team-high 24% target share in all the games he's been healthy with Dak Prescott since he was traded from the Raiders as well. So overall, you should be uh, using everyone's recency bias in drafts against them because everyone's down to the Cowboys for all the wrong reasons. Everything went wrong for them last year. They also had, for in, in terms of Zeke anyways, they had the league's second toughest rushing schedule of opponents. And then, of course, they missed Tyron, uh, Lyle Collins, and Zach Martin for a combined 36 games. All of that was a worst-case scenario for every single player. But now we get Dak and we get everyone back healthy. So with a bad defense, still a very bad defense, that's going to be great for offenses because they're going to continue to shoot out. So that's why I think they had a piss-poor draft, but think they're also great for chasing for fantasy. Now, John, a lot of people like Arizona this year. Uh, they love mm-hmm. the acquisitions. Their draft was very good this year. Uh, nobody likes their coach, but Kyler Murray, when he stays healthy, they can keep him on his feet. He's a dangerous quarterback. Uh, he's a fun quarterback to watch. I think he's the next Russell Wilson. Uh, you, you look at what he does on the field, the weapons that they added. They brought A.J. Green. Uh, you, just saw, you just said they brought in Rondell Brown. They have so many weapons all over the field. They can run the ball, and their weakness was their offensive line. It's become one of their strengths. They added some defensive players in the draft, one that got arrested uh, a few weeks ago, which is very interesting to say the least. Um, oh, David Collins. Yeah, yes. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> obviously. Everybody knows who I'm talking about. Um, yeah, so, Jeff has a t- ticket for his Hall of Fame ceremony. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So what is your thoughts to Arizona? A lot of people have Arizona winning the Super Bowl this year with all the acquisitions and the talent that they have on that roster. Uh, Steve Kahn already has tickets to his Hall of Fame 
train as well. Uh, Steve Kahn loves those rangy linebackers. You just can't get enough of them, uh, especially after drafting Isaiah Simmons the year prior too. And now he's just stuffing him and William. Well, assuming Xavier is going to be available in week one, we don't know, but yeah, uh, for the Cardinals anyways, you have to remember, you got to look back through weeks one through 10, because that's when Kyler Murray was healthy. And that's when Kyler Murray averaged, and I'm speaking in terms of fantasy, of course, but it's somewhat sites production. Kyler Murray averaged 29 fantasy points per game, was the QB one overall through week 10, because he was running the ball. He had a high floor and DeAndre Hopkins to throw to. But if you recall, he banged up his throwing shoulder against the Seahawks in week 11 um, and didn't, and not only averaged seven fewer carries per game for the rest of the season, but also averaged 11 fewer fantasy points per game because he just wasn't running anymore, almost as if he was scared to. So I would imagine in week one, we see the same Kyler Murray we saw through 10 games and a more ferocious offense, especially like I mentioned earlier, with more being the underneath target they didn't have previously. Also, James Conner will probably be a goal back, even though maybe Chase Edmonds gets that role. We'll have to see. Um, I still have questions about their defense. Their secondary is still rather poor. After And it's honestly been bad since they lost Patrick Peterson. Um, Patrick Peterson, ever since he came back from PED suspension, has not been the same player. Go figure. He took PEDs. Uh, but yeah, he's just been like below league average player. And so their secondary is still bad. They still are probably going to accumulate sacks because J.J. Watt with other elite players like a Chandler Jones, for instance, makes a lot of sense. Not for the Texans at this stage of his career because he's getting older and no one else is there to help him. But I think their defense is going to rely on pressure and not being able to cover. But again, that's good for Kyler Murray and company. So Kyler, DeAndre, Rondell Moore, Chase Edmonds are the guys I'm highlighting in that offense. And I do think they will be good. I don't think that makes them a winning team in a tough division in particular for the Rams who are very, very sneaky, uh, Division winners and Matthew Stafford, long shot MVP candidate for sure. Ooh. Not even long shot, honestly, more like a dark horse, right? Yeah. Because like Sean McVay has never had, literally never had a good quarterback. He had Jared Goff the whole time. And so, like, the fact we're upgrading. Poor Jared. <laughs> I know what you bash him all the I mean, time. <laughs> exactly. It's not fair. It's not fair that Jared got thrown under the bus, but like, there's a reason why that offense like fluttered the past year and a half. Yeah. It's not because Sean McVay didn't adjust when defenses got his film and realized that he hit everything in 11 personnel. It was literally because Jared Goff couldn't adjust because defenses, once they cratered the pocket, Jared Goff falls apart and mm-hmm. gets terrified and pisses his pants. Whereas Stafford <laughs> is an elite quarterback who just hasn't had an opportunity to run with a good defense and a good offensive line and terrific skill players. So mm-hmm. this is like, this is the year it's all a perfect mesh, honestly. So speaking of wide receivers that switched teams last year, uh, one of the ones that Errol and I have always argued about, and you actually had a very interesting tweet about it, is Stefan Diggs. So yeah. we used to, Errol used to think he was overrated. We argued Thielen Still Diggs think was he better. Is. And you actually had an interesting tweet saying he's going to be top three right up there with Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill this year statistically. So can you explain that process of how, why you think that is? And can you also see him being the number one wide receiver? So – For fantasy, it's interesting because let's look at the Ravens last year. Uh, Everyone was drafting the Ravens higher, even though we know there's always a little bit of regression baked in when offenses are like so good of you have to ask yourself, is that sustainable? Most of the time it is not. That's just like nerdy statistics. It is not sustainable, but everyone still goes into their fantasy drafts the next year drafting for last year's stats. It's a weird world we live in. And that's kind of what's happening with the bills right now. The only argument I have for the Bills is Stephon Diggs. One, for the Bills, remember that stretch in weeks five through eight where they 
unbeknownst to anything they did, right? Like the Titans in Nashville went through the COVID outbreak. It pushed the Bills to a Tuesday game. And thus they had four straight games of short rest and only 17 days of rest, sandwiched in between four contests. And that's that month their offense fluttered. So I think there's the meat on the bone for this offense to reach a higher ceiling than it did last year. But for Stephon Diggs, recall, he actually averaged an increased 12 and a half targets per game and seven full games without John Brown. And I know they got... 34-year-old Emmanuel Sanders to replace John Brown, maybe Gabriel Davis in a more increased role. But overall, it's just the fact that Josh Allen could rely on Stephon Diggs without another guy there. And so uh, I think just the that added rapport and that added opportunity is great for Stephon Diggs. I believe he's a top, I do believe he's a top three guy. Um, but I think that argument becomes a little easier now that we removed AJ Brown from that mix with Julio Jones joining the Titans because it's pretty much a five-man crew now at the top, right? And even Devontae Adams, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back, is no longer a part of that argument. You actually have to move him down to the top of the second tier, but still the second tier. But either way, it is still uh, Stephon Diggs, of course, and then Tyreek Hill and DeAndre Hopkins. And who am I missing at the top? Um, no. how, about, how about you add Odell Beckham, even though the last three years he hasn't done much of anything? <laughs> Um, I'm actually I'm actually high on Odell Beckham. Probably this draft, year, yeah. I don't know how many drafts, like if you're doing best ball or anything right now, yeah. but actually you can get Odell Beckham, no kidding, as your wide receiver four right now. Um, wow. Everyone is extremely down on Odell Beckham, even though it's a small sample I know, but in the six full games he played, he led the Browns in every category you can name. End zone targets, red zone targets, target share, um, every category you name except fantasy points. But what that tells us is we're chasing opportunity, right? Because fantasy points are unpredictable. Or at least we know if we chase the opportunity, maybe they come. And so uh, Odo Beckham is actually a great guy to get. Even though, of course, he was much better with the Giants. We are talking to NBC Sports Edge NFL and betting analyst John Daigle. You look at uh, the New York teams. You, you look at the Jets. You look at the Giants. Uh, a lot of people think the Jets are still going to be under 500 this year, even with all the acquisitions and the offensive line help with uh, uh, Morgan Moses and, 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 and adding Elijah Vera Tucker. And, and if Beckton could stay healthy, that offensive line could be very strong. Where do you see the Jets this year? If they're at full strength, they stay healthy. And where do you see the Giants with their schedule? As easy, I believe, one of the easiest schedules in the NFL, being that they're in the NFC, NFC East, which is horrible, by the way. It is a terrible division. Yeah. Where do you see both these teams uh, moving forward this year? And who do you think is going to stand out in their divisions? So the, the NFC East is terrible, but also you have to give it to the better quarterbacks. And right now that would be Dak Prescott, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and maybe Jalen Hurts. Um, I love Jalen Hurts as an athlete. He's never had an efficient and good arm. He's just strictly been used as an athlete. And that's why he could be like the breaker of tears for fantasy. Maybe he rises up from the QB2 range and becomes a top three quarterback. He has that ability, honestly. But also like the Eagles schedule is so much tougher than you think. They also have a four-game stretch where just 17 games, well, 17 days of rest sandwiched in. And in that stretch, they play the Chiefs and Bucks among the other two teams. And then after the Bucks, they play five of their next eight games on the road. And so, like, it's almost built to make Jalen Hurts um, not succeed. And so it's a weird situation. But overall, the Giants, my issue with the Giants is that, uh, how do I say this without saying, like, so I have problems with Daniel Jones. I have problems with uh, Jason Garrett. I have problems with the way they built their team. Everyone makes a big deal. They spent money, but they spent money in all the wrong places. And 
And worst of all, they bid against themselves. No one was trying to bid $30 million for Dory Jackson. No one was trying to bid $40-plus million for Kenny Galladay on a, on a cheap wide receiver market, by the way. like Juju got an offer for one for 11 and turned that down, took one for seven from the Steelers uh, just to go back in a one-year value deal. Will Fuller, we saw, got one for seven as well. Um, and so, like – I don't know why they spent that money unless, of course, Dave Gettleman knew this is it. Like, this is a make-or-break year. But he's spending it in all the wrong places when he should have been spending it off the offensive line since we know Daniel Jones is atrocious when the pocket breaks down and basically becomes the last year's version of Carson Wentz. From a clean pocket, Daniel Jones has thrown the ball, especially deep, really well. Anything else, Daniel Jones has been atrocious. And Jason Garrett's offense was piss poor last year. We know Jason Garrett is not a good offensive play caller. He was removed from play calling duties in Dallas in 2011. They took him away from that role, and the Giants hired him for that role. doesn't make any sense at all. Nearly a decade later. So what did you think would happen? Uh, they ran the third fewest plays per game because they're a bad offense. They're not voluminous at all. And so I'm sort of avoiding the Giants. As for the Jets, I think they are in a great rebuilding mode. I don't think it's anything to worry about this year. A below 500 team, just barely. But overall, I think it's going to come down to development for all because the offensive line is in place, and Zach Wilson has all the tools literally to succeed like in year one. Um, and just grow in year one. And that's what's important because I think the Patriots have a three-year window they're going to compete in. I don't think they're the best team in the division anymore. That's the Bills. But uh, the Jets still have to show they can beat the Patriots pretty much for that second spot or jostle at the top. I mean, we'll talk about the elephant in the room, right? And that's Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. And the situation going on in Green Bay is fascinating. I mean, we've talked about it endlessly our fans some think we should keep talking about it some think we should end the conversation because nothing's going to happen what in your mind is the ending point of this situation does he stay in green bay does he go to denver does he go somewhere else i have zero inside information so just take what i say and throw it out the door but uh i lean he does not play i lean he doesn't play at all this year um i actually lean he does get the jeopardy job he sort of takes that role, and uh, thus that compensates for the loss in football. Because I don't sure, even I think like Jeopardy too. I guess I don't watch it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even. I don't even think he wants to play for the Broncos. Honestly, um, I think he just sort of just wants to stick that thirty-six million cap it to the organization, so they can't go anywhere else, and they're stuck with Jordan Love. And it wouldn't be shocking if he came back in twenty twenty-two, and then they're forced to cut him because they still have that cap it on their books. Mm. That is so interesting. Ooh, that is like, so interesting. Like He's a theory. spiteful guy. He, he like there's no one who wants vengeance more than Aaron Rodgers. He's so special too. It's yes. it's crazy. It, He's it's, great. He's so such a won the MVP last year. He's at the highest level right now. You can get a lot for him. Why wouldn't you want to trade him? It doesn't make any sense. You can yep. get a lot back for Aaron Rodgers. It, to me, you move on and you do whatever you can to get uh, to get Aaron Rodgers out of there. He doesn't want to play for your organization. He doesn't oh. want to play for your team. Also, how about you uh, call the guy and tell them you're tell them you're drafting a quarterback? Why don't you just be honest with mm-hmm. like the star? Mm-hmm. This is the same reason Bart Starr got run out of town. The same reason Brett Favre got run out of town. Mm-hmm. You're lucky enough to hit at that spot three quarter three special quarterbacks in a row, right? Mm-hmm. Franchises are still going on and on without one guy they can buy jerseys. The Jets, let, yeah, <laughs> let alone three guys, and yet they're still treating them like dirt. They're still treating them like numbers on a spreadsheet. It's it's wild. Um, you know, Bruce Arians even said before the Kyle Trask pick, he called Brady. No one cares about Kyle Trask. Whatever, pick him three times. No one gives a shit. And like here, <laughs> and yet here are the Packers with Aaron Rodgers. Like after MVP or before MVP, we're still taking Jordan Love. It's crazy. 
That is that got to be the, the most interesting Aaron Rodgers theory I've heard so far. It's I great. like it. It's great. <laughs> so speaking of that, uh, Devontae Adams is the other end of that kind of thing. So yeah. both with fantasy and with reality, uh, again, if there is no Aaron Rodgers, if, if Devontae Adams is, is in Green Bay, or he might even get traded, those rumors coming out, he wants to go play with Derek Carr in Oakland now amidst all these rumors as well. So what, what do you think is the outlook for him as a whole, either in Oakland or in Green Bay, if Aaron Rodgers is not his quarterback? And I have heard that, Devontae Adams, like the Packers are working towards a mega deal with him right now to make him the league's highest paid wide receiver. And if that's the case, that's actually like a spit in the face of Rodgers because that means even though they love each other, Rodgers and Adams, like that means that money's going towards Adams and not towards bringing Rodgers back. Mm. So that's pretty telling if that happens. Um, Either way, though, you have to go back far to think of like how high of a floor Devontae Adams has had for fantasy. And it's come with Aaron Rodgers, right? But since he returned from injury in week nine of the 2019 season, uh, Devontae Adams has averaged 11 targets per game from Aaron Rodgers. He's played 25 games with Aaron Rodgers. Just insane. And so with Jordan Love, who wasn't a good prospect coming out of Utah, by the way. That's the issue here. He's a, he's an athlete. He's a rushing prospect. But his arm was never something people were trying to draft. Uh, he only had a first-round grade from one team, the team that reached on him, the Packers. So it's very hard to assess what he'll be in the NFL, but you would have to think that comes down, that uh, efficiency comes down quite a bit and opportunity, if it, especially if it becomes more of a rushing offense. So I worry. And that's why, as I mentioned earlier, I would move him to wide receiver probably six or seven. Um, I'll let him jostle with Calvin Ridley and AJ Brown. I don't know exactly the order I'd have him in, but that's where I'd have him in if we find out that love is in fact starting. So, going back to what you uh, – I know Speedy brought up the wide receivers earlier when it came to their rankings. Where do you see the quarterback rankings? Because we actually discussed it on the show yesterday. And I believe uh, – I forget which one of you guys said the show. Which I believe somebody said that Trevor Lawrence is arguably in the worst spot probably drafted of any of the quarterbacks, right? They said Zach Wilson's in a good spot. Other guys are in a good spot. But Trevor Lawrence is in a bad spot. I, I was well, the one who said it. I'm the one who said it. I, I watched uh, Mike Greenberg talk about a, a lot of people rating the quarterbacks, and a lot of people put Zach Wilson at the end, and I say, I, Mike Greenberg said, how could you put Zach Wilson when they're putting him in position to really succeed with some of the acquisitions he made in the draft, even the free agency that they added. They added a lot of offensive free agents to the New York Jets to help Zach Wilson, something they didn't do for Sam Darnold. What, the, what has Urban Meyer done for Trevor Lawrence? Oh, by the way, he brought in... Tim Tebow as a tight end. I mean, he didn't do much. So a lot of people think they brought they brought Trevor Lawrence in to fail out of all the quarterbacks. So that's so, what I would say. No, I, I think it's a fair assessment. Very quickly, I'll just say uh, the issue is that, like, I think Urban Meyer is like Pete Carroll where they're just donkey coaches, but their quarterbacks are so good, the quarterbacks won't allow them to fail in spite of what their coaches are doing. So, like, Urban Meyer has done nothing right yet, but Trevor Lawrence is already so good that the Jaguars will not fail. That's how that's how I think Trevor Lawrence is. He's going to lift all tides. So you think so out of all the quarterback records, you think Trevor Lawrence is, is gonna surpass regardless of like what Wilson does, what Mon does, what Fields does, who else is what's the other one that was taken in the in um I'm missing one of them. Trey Lance is probably the best. Trey pick. Lance is the other one. I couldn't think of the name for a second. You, you so the rankings for you would be what Lawrence won and then the rest is hit or miss, maybe, or do you actually have a specific ranking of where you think these guys could end up? 
it'd be Lawrence one. Uh, I mean, there's a reason he's cited as the golden child. Like he is the, the, the prophecy we've been waiting for. And we've only said that about Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck so far, and both came true. Um, Trevor Lawrence was a gift for quarterbacks ever since he was born. And so just no matter what happens at organization and he landed in the shittiest division. Right. And so like the Jaguars <laughs> could easily just mess around and win this year um, because that division is so poor. The Colts. division. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, well the Colts are also missing a left tackle. Uh, if Carson Wentz plays like a third stringer, like he did last year, they're not winning anything because he was the worst quarterback we saw last year. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I think there are a lot of questions about the division and the Jags. The Jags are like sneaky division winners. I, I I've already betted at plus odds a couple months ago, actually. So, uh, uh, that's a bet if you want to get it in. But Trey Lance would be an easy number two because you get uh, the best case comp of Michael Vick getting five years on a cheap rookie deal under Kyle Shanahan. Like those are all green lights. That's like five different things I said, and it's all just full speed ahead. So Trey Lance will be next. I would actually say oh, I think Justin Fields is next. Um, Andy Dalton will start two quarters get eaten alive by Aaron Donald and get benched. <laughs> There's no way he makes it through the first game in SoFi Stadium um, against the Rams and Aaron Donald in week one all th- in three quarters, let alone all four. It's going to be the Justin Fields show. Justin Fields will move the ball because we know Justin Fields is a great prospect. The NFL was wrong. Um, they blackballed him from the beginning and said all the wrong things. They made all the lazy tropes they do about black quarterbacks historically, that he has a, like, he's not an athlete. They said he has a baseball throwing motion. What a, what the hell does that even mean? They said he strided. I listened to Michael Lombardi. He strided like a pitcher. Like you're looking at all the wrong things when it comes to quarterbacking in 2021. So I think Justin Fields is a superstar, but Zach Wilson's very close. And the best part about Zach Wilson is that, he has a leg up, unlike Justin Fields, because he not only started, of course, because he's number two overall pick, all of OTAs, he's going to start all of training camp, and he's going to start all 17 games. No matter how good or bad the Jets are, Zach Wilson is getting the run. And so uh, I feel like he'll develop quicker than Justin Fields, at least. And then number five is probably Mac Jones, honestly, because uh, Cam Newton ain't holding Mac Jones back. Um, last year's Cam Newton only threw eight touchdowns, believe it or not. Mm. They still won seven games somehow, but they won seven games with the quarterback who threw eight touchdowns, and they spent all their money into offense. That can't happen again. So even if Cam Newton's the week one starter, it's going to be the shortest leash possible. Wow. This is – let me tell you something, John. We would love to get you on again. Your take on everything when we talk about betting, football, and just your interesting uh, aspect of quarterbacks right now when you were talking about Lawrence as the number one. I, 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 I kind of went through some of the, the videos that I watched on all the quarterbacks, and I rated, I rated Zach Wilson as my number one guy, at my 1A, and Trevor Lawrence as my 1B. And, I, and there was reasons why, and I think because I think Zach Wilson, he's playing in an offense that he, he actually played in BYU. It's, it's the play-action offense. It fits the way he plays the game. He's got a very strong arm. He's the ac- most accurate quarterback in this draft class. So I thought that, you know, and I, I love Justin Fields. Everybody that knows me on this show, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Justin Fields and how talented he is. Uh, but again, Trevor Lawrence is the golden child. Everybody compares him to the Peyton Mannings of the world and mm-hmm. obviously Andrew Luck, but we don't know if he's those guys. And we'll have to see. 
I love Urban Meyer, but Urban Meyer, we've seen him screw things up. We've seen him. And not, I'm not talking about winning cha- He's won championships, but we've seen him back away and walk away from a team and an organization because he had heart problems. So what's going to happen when this team isn't winning and the press is going to attack him or the NFL is going to attack him? How long is he going to stay in the office and say, you know what, I'm going to stay here and play and coach another year or two. Uh, I got Trevor Lawrence. I don't know how long he's going to be there. And that's what scares me about the growth of Trevor Lawrence. And he literally left – uh, because he was stressed out from losing. Like, Jaguars are still technically a rebuilding team. Like, they're not going to win every game. Like, how is that going to eat Urban Meyer alive? Mm-hmm. Also, like, we've seen the best coaches, Steve Spurrier, Nick Saban, yep. completely and utterly fail in the NFL mm-hmm. because it's their way or the highway, and it turns out it's always the highway. So, it yeah, it just depends. Like, that leader of men role – you have to present it differently to adults, like to grown-ass men paying for their children in the NFL, whereas college, you're just teaching kids how to be men. It's totally different aspects of life. And uh, most college coaches, when they transition, can't do it properly. So there are a lot of question marks for Urban Meyer, for sure. On Zach Wilson, really quickly, that's the one thing. Um, the one knock we will be looking for this year in his development is, how does he perform under pressure? Mm. And the thing is, last year, if you go back and look at his film, he was passing through five-lane highways mm-hmm. because four of his five starting offensive linemen actually ended up on NFL rosters. Even two guys got signed as undrafted free agents. So he had NFL-caliber talent blocking for him against a weak college schedule. So when it all craters this year, and it, it's never going to be perfect for any quarterback. We saw Patrick Mahomes. It all cratered for him, and uh, for a lot of reasons, even his own injury, it crumbled in the Super Bowl. So for Zach Wilson, when it all crumbles, what happens? Like, how does he perform? And that's what we're trying to look for this year. Very interesting. What kind of wine are you drinking over there? Mm. Oh, uh, it's my leftover. I'm usually a red wine guy, night, mm. guy at night, Pinot mm. Noir. Yeah. But it's my leftover uh, Pinot Grigio from oh, New Zealand. So it's just good, a dry. Man. So good, man. Ah, New Zealand. Right next door to so Australia. Good. I love my... I like... There's water in between, by the way, just in case you yes, didn't know. Yes, there is. <laughs> yeah, we're not going <laughs> to... I like my, the important thing. I like my yeah. sweet wine too, man. So yeah. it, it's good, man. Especially, it's not very healthy for you. Red wine's good for you. One, one cup of red wine keeps the doctor away. Is that is that what I try say? to? I try to usually follow up one cup of red wine after a bottle of white wine. Sure, that sounds yeah. good. <laughs> well, we know John likes his wine. Maybe we'll send you a bottle of wine. Because we have a lot of vineyards over here. That's and I will not open it until my next appearance. How about that? Uh, uh, you know what? Nice. Maybe maybe that'll be a deal. Uh, maybe I'll hook you up. I I, there's a lot of there's a good there's a lot of good wineries over here. Have you ever been to Long Island? I have not. No, and I lived in Connecticut, and made the trip to New York a few times, but uh, never took the. Do you take a ferry to Long Island? That's an ignorant. No, question, you could you could drive right over here from Connecticut. Andrew, okay, hours. yeah, I, I never did. No, that's on me. I yeah. should have. Yeah, you should definitely. And if you ever want to, we'll show you around. It, it is beautiful. The wineries out here. Unbelievable. One of the best places. My language now, yeah. One of the best places in the whole country for wineries. It really is. Plus, we all know like this time of the year right now is when you need to be in that area. Yes. Like this is when it's the most beautiful. You live through the winter just to reap in the rewards of being there right now. Mm. It's, it's amazing. As you guys know, we were talking, and uh, we are talking to NBC Sports Edge, NFL, and betting analyst John Daigle. John, tell the fans how they can find you on social media. So, uh, 
at not Jay Daigle on Twitter. Yes, at not Jay Daigle because I was an idiot in 2009 and <laughs> thought anonymity was the best way to go. Obviously, the worst thing for my career. But we're 11 years into it, so we're keeping at not Jay Daigle on Twitter and then NBCSportsEdge.com. I have best ball tiers up. I have a few betting articles. I'll have some more stuff out. We're also running already team fantasy previews. If you go to the NFL tab, we actually have a whole tab for it. 2021 fantasy previews. Not to mention, we just got done with our updated online draft guide that will continue updating throughout July and training camp. All you got to do is go to NBC Sports Edge and look for the tab at the top, online draft guide. Use the promo code DAGLE10. We'll get you 10% off. So, John, you're awesome. We definitely want to get you back on again. Uh, great takes on everything that we talked about tonight. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, boys. Josh, PD, Errol, thank you for everything. Um, I will see you all next time for sure. Absolutely. Nice meeting you, John. Thanks, man. John Daigle, ladies and gentlemen, great guy, great, you know, great personality. Oh, Even yeah. ran to get his his charge. It was very, very funny. <laughs> I still said we should have had the over under on how many seconds it would have taken him to get everything plugged in. <laughs> uh, let's go to a quick break. When we come back, Speed, what are we going to get into? We'll get into the NBA stuff we th- I thought we were going to get into at the beginning, but then we got on a tangent about Trevor Bauer. <laughs> we'll get into Paul, well, Chris Paul and his legacy here in the NBA and and throughout his NBA career. And where do we rate Chris Paul as one of the greatest point guards in NBA history? When we come back on the Sports Loudmouths, we will argue it. You're you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Sports Loudmouths. We are live every single Wednesday and Thursday at 9 p.m. You can call us at 631-965-4990. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download the Worldwide Sports Radio app by going to iOS, which is Apple, WWSRN, or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. By the way, shout out to John Daigle. He, very, very nice guy. Gave us some good takes, his thoughts to uh, NFL sports betting and, and, and the books and fantasy sports. And then he gave us his take on the NFL draft and and some uh, and, and the winners and losers of the draft. By the way, he rated the Jets in the top two, so I'm not surprised. Uh, a lot of people rated the Jets in the top two. And, and he even took a shot at some of the people that said that Zach Wilson isn't. People think that he isn't going to be a, the quarterback of the future for the Jets. He says, you can't judge a book by its cover. Because no matter what, you got to see what he does on the field before you can judge him. And uh, a lot of people believe, uh, not just me, thinks that this kid could be something special. Now, uh, I, I still think uh, a lot of people took shots at Justin Fields. I st- I'm, even me, at the end of everything, I, I question some of the, 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 the situations Justin Fields has been in. Uh, in his college career and see if he can do that in the NFL, especially with the Chicago Bears, who really only has one weapon, a, a, a wide receiver, and that's about it. They're more built on defense, and they have a coach that's on his way out. So how long is it going to take Justin Fields to get his feet wet before he feels comfortable to stand in that pocket and make those throws? Uh, the question is, and the only question it could be answered is the coach and Justin himself. So 
Um, that's the only thing that scares me about Justin Fields. As far as talent is concerned, he is the most talented quarterback in this class, and I will say it again. He's got the arm strength. He's got he's the fastest quarterback in this class. He's built like an ox. I mean, the guy is six foot two. He can run a forty and four three. I mean, the last run wide receiver to do that is Lamar Jackson, and Lamar Jackson's not built like an ox like this guy. And by the way, Lamar can't throw like this guy. So that's the difference. And I think Justin Fields. If he can, if they can protect him and they can put players around him, he could be special. Now, the question is, are they going to do that? That's going to be the question. And they have a coach that's on his way out, so who knows what's going to happen when they bring in a new coach? So, uh, snug in reference to the uh, to the interview it says Aaron Rodgers and I like to play Trivial Pursuit and coffee shops. That's really good. <laughs> I was really he's really good, but when I when he flips the board and storms out, he is playing. By the way, this year, I do believe that. I don't think it's going to be for the Packers. I don't even know if it's going to be the for the Broncos, but he will play this year. Uh, he also said, I particularly liked his Cowboys comments. Of course. And, <laughs> and listen, I, I, right, I don't, the Cowboys, I, a lot of people don't know what the Cowboys were doing in the draft. I mean, they, they added how many linebackers in this draft? Unless they don't believe in Jalen uh, Jalen um, uh, Smith, yeah. who they just paid $70 million to. And then they they didn't extend Ash's uh, contract. So what are they going to let him go? He was a first-round draft pick three, four years ago. So what are you going to do? You're going to give away you're probably you're one of your best defensive players to free agency? It doesn't make sense. So there's just so many different things. And when are we meeting Chris Russo? Uh, Brett Goldstein says. <laughs> you should have came to our event in uh, 2019. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> yeah. by the way, I've, I've, I've met Chris uh, quite a few times in my career. Chris is a very uh, generous, very nice guy, straight down to earth type of, type of person. So, uh, very good, very good person. He and I, a lot of people take shots at Mike. Mike's not a nice person in person, but uh, but if you I've actually met Mike before, if if you could sit down and he wants to talk to you, he can <laughs> have, he can give <laughs> you a good conversation. I, I really, yeah, I, mean, do. I mean, I took a selfie with him at Staples. So I mean, that, that's about as interesting of a spot. People pay hundreds of. Dallas to go meet him at Francesca Con, and I took a free picture with him at Staples, so I never have to do that nonsense. So, well, I'm not going to take a picture with Mike Francesca. I I have a lot of respect for him. I I, I re- out of all the analysts and out of all the broadcasters that I've watched over the years, he's the the, the biggest curse of them all. He's he's the guy that I've looked up to. And and the reason why I've looked up to him is because he doesn't give a crap what anybody says. He's got his own. Why would you take a picture it. with him? Uh, because I don't take pictures with people. I I've been around the world. I've opened up some for for some of the biggest DJs in the world. I've met some of the biggest artists in the world. Yeah. I don't sit there and say, you know what, I'm going to take a picture with everybody and post it on my wall and get an autograph. That's just not me. The only person that I've ever felt comfortable or even say, you know what, I want to take a picture with is my favorite. You know, player I've looked up to, and he's not even a big. Well, he's a big player. You know, when we grew up as a hockey player, is John Van Beesbrook. Besides that, I, I I've met a lot of superstars in in the movie business and in the sports business. I just don't care to take pictures. I'm just I, that's just not me. So that's just my honest opinion. It's like says Chris Russo and I like to throw rocks at Mike Francesa's car from the parking lot. <laughs> Jeff says Daigle, Daigle gives honest commentary on the Cowboys and Beef throws a tantrum. He's at home sucking on those tiny thumbs right now. Oh, leave Beef alone. You guys are so mean to that kid, man. He, he, but first of all, I, I, I want to get into this Chris Paul Everybody thing. is mean to everybody on this show, damn it. That's all not, right, yeah, and well, that's yeah. a fact. Well, li- uh, li- <laughs> listen, he's got a right to his own opinion. Now, that doesn't mean the beef is always right. 
and probably about 70% of the time he's wrong, okay? Just, it, it, the fact is, is he has a right to his own opinion, and uh, if he thinks the Cowboys are going to be uh, Super Bowl champions three times in a row, well, I, I, I can't wait to see it because uh, I haven't seen the, la- the last team to win three Super Bowls in a row is, I don't know. What was it Green Bay? <laughs> no, Green Bay. Green Bay only won two in a row. No, uh, no, no, they won three in a row. I think no, they won. The, they won wasn't the first the Super two Bowl. Super Bowls. It wasn't ever. a Super Bowl. It wasn't a Super Bowl. They no, three, I don't think they won the year. Didn't before they win that five either. championships in a row? No, yeah. five in like seven years or something like that in the sixties. But it wasn't. It wasn't three in a row. I don't know if any teams ever won three Super Bowls in a row mm. at all. Even the Steelers, who had four in the seventies in like seven years. The Niners, no, I don't think anyone did. Anyways, uh, I want to get into the Chris Paul uh, situation. And listen, I think Chris Paul is one of the greatest point guards to ever play this game. One of the main reasons why a lot of people wouldn't put him there is because he's never won a championship. Now, over the years, he's played for very good teams. They, he played for the Rockets with James Harden. If, if he was 100% healthy that year, uh, they were up, I think, 3-2 to two against Golden State. They could have won that series. And, and who knows? Halftime of Game 7. <laughs> who knows? They could have probably won an NBA championship with James Harden and Chris Paul. But Chris Paul has never stayed healthy. Even in this uh, NBA, uh, NBA season and, and playoffs, he couldn't stay healthy the whole season and couldn't stay healthy in the playoffs because of COVID-19. But all in all... Chris Paul put on a world clinic last night. And anybody that thinks that this guy isn't a winner, if anybody doesn't think that this guy isn't a leader, and if anybody doesn't think that this guy is one of the greatest point guards and leaders we have ever seen in the NBA, well, then I don't know what the hell you're watching, okay? This kid is special. And I say kid because I'm older than him. He's special. When you score 42 points in a game, in a game where a lot of people thought that the the, the Clippers were going to come out strong, especially what Chris Paul did. I mean, Chris, um, not Chris, I'm sorry. Um, Paul George. Paul George did the week, uh, the day before, the game before. Uh, we 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 thought that it was going to be somewhat of a game, but uh, what he proved and what he showed is uh, his heart and his love for the game is is here, uh, and and I believe uh, if he wins this title, and I believe he will. If Phoenix wins a title this year, I think Chris Paul could go down as the greatest point guard to ever play the game. Okay? There, there's nothing. I don't know why you're ooing. Because if you look at the nine years of dominance. Don't ooh, Speedy. You're not allowed to ooh. You can ah, but you can't ooh, okay? When you look at yeah. nine years of dominance, and he played with some of Deron Williams. And Deron Williams was one of the best point guards in the league. If you look at the point guards of the early 2000s. How many guys could you compare to Chris Paul? Seriously. How many guys could you compare to him? And the answer is no one. Okay. Now, John Stockton is special. uh, Great passer. John Stockton wasn't an offensive player like uh, Chris Paul. And John Stockton wasn't the guy, hey, you know what? If, If it came down to it, are we going to give John Stockton the ball at the end of the game to make that winning shot? The answer is no. Okay. John Stockton wasn't the guy. It was Carl Malone. It was the mailman. Okay, so and and by the way, did they ever win a championship? The answer is no. Okay, so if Chris Paul comes out a winner this year in a year that nobody thought they were had any chance, this is a team that didn't make the playoffs last year. They brought in Chris Paul, the only 
uh, acquisition they really made in the offseason was bringing Chris Paul to a team that was very, very young, has a young superstar in Devin Booker that's growing and, and still learning. And, and and by the way, DeAndre Ayton uh, really was a bust until this year. And you heard what DeAndre Ayton said. Ever since Chris Paul came to the team, he completely changed my game, made me a better player, and he's made me a better man. So what does that tell you at Chris Paul? What did Chris Paul do at OKC last year? A young team that was no good. Their second best player was... Dennis Schroeder, probably. Dennis Schroeder, who's playing for the Lakers that want $100 million this offseason, okay? Uh, to me, um, Chris Paul deserves a lot of credit. And to me, if they win the championship, I'm not going to say Devin Booker because he had a fantastic season, MVP season. I'm not going to say DeAndre Ayton for what he's done in the playoffs or any, even a coach, Monte, Monte Williams, who, how well he's been a coach. And, and, and he deserves a lot of credit of the, of the great coaching uh, that he's put up uh, this year as the coach of the Phoenix Suns. It is Chris Paul. The reason why they're there, the reason why they're in the NBA championship, it's because of Chris Paul. So, honestly, Chris Paul is going to opt out of that contract. He's probably going somewhere else. I, I do believe that. But he could have an opportunity this year, if he wins a championship, to put himself down in history as the greatest point guard of all time. I don't want to hear about – I listened to Tyler yesterday about Steph Curry. Okay? <laughs> yeah, of course. Steph Curry, <laughs> Steph Curry played on a decent team this year. Did they make the playoffs? No. no. Okay? Now you put Chris Paul on that team. You take Steph Curry on the off that team. You put Chris Paul. Do they make the playoffs? Yes. Yes, they do. Four or five. Six, okay. Five. So what does that tell you? It tells you that's how good of a leader. That's how special Chris Paul is when he plays and he's a hundred percent healthy. So um, I, I just to me, and I, I would never say this. And to, if if Chris Paul wins the championship this year, I I would put him on the top my at the top of my board as the greatest overall all around. Point guard to ever play this game. Snug says Chris Paul is good, but he's no John Stockton or Magic Johnson or Steve Nash or Jason Kidd. Magic Johnson was more of a. I, I, everybody says he hybrid. was a point guard. He was yeah. a hybrid. Yeah. He wasn't really. I still don't look at Magic Johnson as a point guard. Yeah, he right? was kind of revolutionary for the yeah. time. Like a long, like he invented the long point guard type. Yeah, thing. I, I don't think guard. he was yeah. a point guard. Right, that, that's fair. Uh, ben says Packers won championships twenty nine through thirty one. So actually, they did win three. In the, that's what the I thought. First, the that's first three. The first three. Okay, thank you, Ben. Uh, there are the twelve championships he lists there. Sam says uh, nonsense. Greatest of all time. No, Chris Paul is top ten and maybe sneaks into the top five. Uh, Brett Goldstein. Who said that? Sam. Brock. Uh, how could you say that? Now, you look at you, Sam, you look at Chris Paul. Now, his numbers don't pop out at you. I mean, he averages, I think he is, if I bring out his numbers right now, I'm going to do it his right now. His scoring numbers, I think, were only like 18 points I, a game. I think he averages like 60. It, this year, this year, I mean, his career, 18 points a game, four rebounds a game, and 9.4 assists a game. Field goal percentage, 47. Three-point percentage, 37. It, here's the reason why Chris Paul is the greatest point guard to ever play this game. Okay, every single team he went to, go look at every single team he has gone to. Has he made them much better? Go and look at it. Mm-hmm. The answer is yes. Okay, now if if you go back and you look at some of the other point guards, the great point guards that have left their teams and have gone elsewhere, did they make their teams that much better like Chris Paul has? The answer is no. Okay, give me another point guard that left uh, at the prime of their career and went to another team and and did what Chris Paul has done every single place he's gone to. (laughs) Give me one. Exactly. Give me one. Okay, there is none. And to say that he's 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 lucky to even get into the top five. What are you smoking? Okay, I I mean, 
they, I, I, I don't know how old you are. Sam, I, how old is Sam? Uh, Josh, he's uh, around. He's, uh, I think, believe a year younger than my brother, so he's, I think, thirty-three. Okay, if I'm not mistaken. Sam, Sam, might you're, be, Sam, you're a baby. Okay, I'm thirty-nine years old, going to be forty next year. All right, and I watched John Stockton in his prime. I watched uh, Magic Johnson at the tail end. Well, actually, in the prime of his career, because I was watching basketball when I was six years old, and in in '87, I was watching basketball. I watched Magic Johnson. At the end of his career, before he, he had HIV, I watched Larry Bird play. I watched some of the great. And you talk about the Isaiah Thomas at the top of his game. I watched some of the greatest point guards you've ever seen. Now, I never saw Walt Frazier play. I never saw Jerry West play. But I will tell you, or Oscar Robertson play. But what I did see in the top of their games is nobody, nobody, none of these guys has ever gone to another organization. Three organizations, and transition that organization to be a top three, top four team in one of the hardest divisions in all of basketball. He went to the, look, he went to OKC. Look where he went. OKC wasn't even, Russell Westbrook, with Russell Westbrook and Paul George, they were an eight seed or a seven seed, I think they were. They were a five seed. Uh, Okay, a five seed. (laughs) What do you mean a five seed? With with, with who? With OKC. What are you talking about? With Paul George? Oh, a six seed. A six seed. Went with Chris Paul. Last year, they were OKC was a five seed, okay, mm-hmm. a five seed with a bunch of no namers, nobody you've ever heard of, or no guys that if you put on another team would be a second or third option on any other team, okay. That tells you how good Chris Paul is. Then you put him on a Phoenix Sun team that had talent, but they didn't even make the playoffs. They were third or fourth worst team in the Western Conference. Yeah, they were one of the fringe bubble teams that got hot but just missed out because of the Blazers. They were the number two seed in the Western Conference all because of Chris Paul. Okay? So to say that Chris Paul isn't a top three point guard to ever play this game, it's a joke. Okay, it is a joke, and and that just shows you uh, when when some some people they stick out and they think Steph Curry is is a top five point guard in a league, which he's not, no. and he's and by the way a top five point guard of all time, which he's not, and look at the team ever since Kevin Garnett has left, I mean Kevin Durant has left, and look at the team with Clay Thompson hurt, does he make that team better? And the answer is no. Okay, so. I don't want to hear that, oh, Steph Curry averaged 31 points this year, and he was up for an MVP, and he had he deserves all the credit in the world. Did his team make the playoffs? The answer is no. So I don't want to hear about Steph Curry. I don't want to hear about any of that stuff. Damian Lillard's special. Damian Lillard, what has he won? What has he won with the talent that he's had over there in Portland? He has won nothing, okay? Chris Paul, everywhere he's gone, he has been successful. Okay, has he won? No, and that's why everybody has put him down and said, "Yo, he's not one of the top three point guards of all time." If he wins the point, if he wins the championship this year, when Phoenix had no right to be there in the Western Conference championship, and then all the way to an NBA championship and wins, I'm sorry. To me, he's the greatest point guard I've ever seen, and I'm saying a lot when I've seen some of the best. Snuck says, "Welcome back, Sam." And Aiton has never had comprehensive such comprehensive insurance before in his life as well. Steph Curry is the man. Uh, Brett says, "Ooh ah, ooh ah, you can ooh ah." Snug says, "Jason Kidd won a, won a title in Dallas." Sam says, "That's the problem with the NBA." Snug says, "Isaiah Thomas is twice the player Chris Paul is." Sam says, "Dudes won a championship." Isaiah in Dal- Thomas is twice the player Chris Paul is. 
Is that what you're saying? That's what Snug said. Okay, so Isaiah Thomas. Now, let, let's go back to Isaiah Thomas's career. And I love Isaiah Thomas. By the way, he was one of my favorite players growing up. Not as an executive, though. Uh, he was, oh, a, great, no, he was a great GM. Look at who he's drafted. Look who he's drafted. Uh, if you average Isaiah Thomas's numbers to Chris Paul, they're identical. Isaiah Thomas averaged 19.2 points a game in his career, 3.6 rebounds a game, 9.3. If anything, Chris Paul is a little bit better. Okay? That's, that's how wrong you are. All right? So uh, for Snug to say that Chris Paul is nowhere close to Isaiah Thomas, Isaiah Thomas played with Joe Dumars, Bill Lambeer, Dennis Rodman, the bad boys, okay, where the game was completely different. Chris Paul is playing in a game where you're playing with guys athletic like Russell Westbrook and LeBron James and and the players that we've mentioned, Bradley Beals and all the guys, the Kobe Bryants of the world, all right? It, it is a different game. And, and for me and what I've seen and the growth of what we've seen, Chris Paul, and, and making these younger players better. And when you hear what all these young players have said around Chris Paul – and how special he is to, to an organization. Uh, I would love for him to be a Nick. I would love for it. I don't know if he's going to be, but I would love for it. But it, I don't know if it's going to happen. He will be a free agent in the offseason. He will not sign with Phoenix. I will guarantee you that. But uh, win or lose, he's not signing back with Phoenix. But uh, I, I think I think it's going to be very interesting, very interesting if he doesn't win the championship this year, boys. Uh, where you rate him as one of the greatest point guards to ever play the game. Sam says, dudes never won a championship and bounces around the league. Generational talents don't do that. Hold on one second. Bounces around the league. Bounces around the league? Hold on one second. He bounced around the league, by the way, because of his contract. And he also bounced around the league because, all in all, Chris Paul can't stay healthy. When Chris Paul is healthy, there is no point guard. No point card in the last 10 years that you can say makes a team that much better when he's on that roster, okay? It is ridiculous, Sam. It sounds stupid. And, and, and I listen, you like, to, you like to provoke me. That's fine. You want to say that and you want to you you come out with your craziness? That's fine. And just like Snug said, Isaiah Thomas is that much better. Isaiah Thomas is not that much better than Chris Paul. Matter of fact, if you look at the numbers, Chris Paul all around as a point guard is better than Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. He also all right? has all the, all the defensive and the steel titles, too. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. Have. And to say he wins the champion. Are you listening to me, Sam? Here, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to split it out for you. I'm going to spit it out for you. Not, I'm not split it out for you. I'm going to spit it. If Chris Paul wins a championship this year, Chris Paul, in my eyes, is the greatest point guard to ever play in the NBA. There is my segment. There is my argument. And for you to say that he's not, it's a joke. Because I got news for you. Isaiah Thomas never left Detroit. He never played for another team. Go back and look for any other point guard that's left another team. Jason Kidd might be the closest. The closest. He left Dallas, and he went uh, went to Phoenix, and then he went to... Um, um, he went to the New Knicks Jersey. for a little bit. He went to the Knicks. He went to, uh, the, uh, New Jersey was the only time where you, he made that team that much better when he went there. But they never won. They never won. If Chris Paul wins with this Phoenix Suns team... I don't care what anybody says. It's one of the greatest stories we've ever heard from a team that barely made the playoffs, was one of the worst teams in the NBA for the last five, six, seven, hey, 
10 years, even with since uh, the terrible offense with Amari Stoudemire and Steve Nash. And I say terrible because they never won anything when they got where they got. Okay? If they win... Chris Paul, to me, is the greatest point guard to ever play the game. Stark says CP can't even do a good shimmy. So Tom Brady is the great is the GOAT. He's won Super Bowls everywhere he's gone. His team influence was as big or bigger than anything CP has done. I think referring to Isaiah Thomas. Pistons couldn't pull it together until they got Thomas. His attitude won them two titles in a far tougher league. Sam says if he was so great, why would team ship his ass out so quickly? Ship his ass out. Ship his ass out. Why did OKC trade him? Because they wanted to get draft stock for him. Why did, it, why did Houston want to get rid of him? Uh, uh, by the way, uh, he wanted out of Houston because he wasn't getting along with James Harden. That wasn't team shit. He was shipping himself out of those teams. Nobody. He never wanted to leave. He played for the, the, the Pelicans, right? Hornets, it was a, yeah. uh, the Hornets. And he played for the Hornets. He would have stayed with the Hornets if the Hornets didn't actually wanted to pay him. Right. They didn't want to pay him. Okay, so you guys have no idea what you're talking about. You guys are young and stupid. Not not snug. Snug is you know the same age as me. So, but snug just likes to provoke me and piss me off. Yeah, I've so, Sam, Sam is the Maryland version of snug. <laughs> it's stupid. It's stupid to say that. And, and te- teams weren't running him out. Nobody was running him out. And he okay? wasn't forcing himself out either. In, in a modern NBA where all these players are saying, oh, I want out. Oh, I want to go play with this guy. He's never done that. James Harden was the main provoker in the Rockets. Do you know that Do you know that uh, there was many times that he could have gone and played for the Lakers the other right. l- last year? Mm-hmm. And that, that he could have forced himself to go and play for the Lakers. And he said he doesn't want to play for the Lakers. Not, so, not to well, mention he was screwed up out of playing for the Lakers. And he's not playing for the Lakers next year either, boys. He's not. Not to mention he was screwed out of the Lakers from David Stern vetoing the trade to go play with Kobe, and he could have won a championship there too. So that was, again, that, that's something that could hinder in terms of why he hasn't won one earlier too, in addition to all the injuries too. So in a sense, he's also very unlucky, which none of these other top point guards that we think of, of all time didn't have to go through as much. Even some, somebody like Stockton who didn't win a championship, and again, all these other guys we mentioned that have won championships, nobody was unlucky as unlucky as Chris Paul. And Chris Paul was just so complete for a position that's so specialized. It was all passing guys in the beginning, like in the 70s, the 80s. There's a lot of passing guys. Now it's a lot of shooting guys too. But a lot of these positions are specialty. Chris Paul could do everything. So how can you not be say he's top three? How about you, Josh? Where do you where if if Chris Paul wins a championship this year, where do you rate him? I mean, I would still like I I, I would put him in the top five. I would. You have to. Right? You wouldn't you put him to in the top him. three or top two. <laughs> May, top three. I would maybe say top three. If you want to put him ahead of Stockton, that's fine. I mean, look, I understand Magic is considered a hybrid and everything like that. but I don't look does, at him as a point guard. He does, but he, he they consider him as a point guard. So he's always going to be number one, right? So that that's an automatic done default. So that's one spot taken away. The second one, you could say Isaiah Thomas. He's better than Isaiah. Oscar, Oscar Robinson, you could say those guys. You look at the numbers, Walt Frazier, you could say. They compare Oscar, and Oscar is under point guard, but he's under guard. If you look at Oscar Robinson. That's the thing, though. From all the rankings that I saw that it was – and listen, I I could be as biased as possible. J.C. Kidd is my favorite basketball player of all time. He's one of the greatest players I ever saw play. The, the, The job that he did with the New Jersey Nets was absolutely incredible. To, to get Keith Van Horn, Kerry Kittles, 
and those guys to the NBA Finals. In a very weak Eastern Conference. In a very weak Eastern Conference. That's where the right. best team, well, the best team in the Eastern Conference was the 76ers with Derek Coleman, Allen Iverson, and Eric Snow. Yeah, great That's fine, team. but you know what? I'm great still, team. No, I'm, no, like I said, I, I'm, not, I'm not putting him on the list. I'm just, I'm just I'm, saying, look at the Western Conference, the hardest conference in all of basketball, and he made them from a team that didn't make the playoffs to the number two seed. And by the way, go look at the teams they beat to get where they are. I mean, and, and Chris Paul had everything to do with it. Everything to do with it. So I'm actually surprised. I, I thought Snug was going to say Mike Bibby. Yeah. As a joke. <laughs> He's a two. <laughs> Mike Bibby was a point guard. He was a two. Nah, well, was he a two? I, thought, a you two. Sure, I thought he was a one. He was a two. Nah, well, regardless of that fact, I mean, to me, I you if he has to win the championship, he has to. I, I just said that. I just said that. If he wins a championship, how could you deny that he isn't the greatest point guard to ever play the game? I just, I just look at it. And and, and look, I know you hate it. People put him on the top three all the time, and that's Curry, man. Yeah, Curry is. If you think Curry is a top three of all time, then you're then you're you're as blind as everybody else is because he doesn't deserve it. He's not. First of all, I mean, I didn't say it. I'm just saying. Well, they rank to me. Steph Curry don't play defense like Chris Paul does. This is a guy that's a this guy's a first team all defensive player for like seven or eight years at the point guard position. This guy has been a dominant offensive player in the NBA. Great shooter. Field goal percentage is almost forty seven percent in his career. Field goal percentage forty seven percent as a point guard and field goal percentage as a three point shooter thirty seven percent in his career for a guy that's not even a three point shooter. Free throws, 87% in his career. Fantastic. I mean, and he's an all-world defensive player. Great two-way player. The only mo- the only knock that I have on Chris Paul is health. That's it. And not winning a championship. And if he wins one with this Phoenix Suns team, it's remarkable. It's remarkable. And, and I don't want to hear what anybody says. Because nobody in their wildest dreams thought that Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns would be an NBA championship team this year. Okay, not anybody with a rookie coach, a rookie coach. Well, hold on. Well, Monty, no, Monty Williams. Not a rookie. He's a rookie coach. He's he's never coached. He's never has he ever coached in the NBA playoffs? Yes, with the Hornets. Yeah, as an interim coach. Yeah, how far did he go? Yeah, that's as so, an interim it, coach. Hold on, but Speedy, wait a second. That still counts. Don't discredit. No, him. I know, I know count. that. I'm just saying. You, you still, we don't expect. Did they the win? Did win a series? Did he ever win a series? Maybe, I believe maybe, won maybe yeah, one, maybe one. I don't even know if he won a series. Yeah. So yeah. he's a rookie coach. Yeah. How, many, how long has he been coaching the Phoenix Suns? Two years. Yeah. He's he's a rookie coach. <laughs> he, he's coaching a rookie team with a ro- rookie bunch of players. Besides that, De- besides Devin Booker, everybody else on that team are young. Every single player on that team is young. They drafted practically every single player on that roster. Okay. So argue whatever you want to argue. To me, the, the real leader of that team, the real coach of that team is Chris Paul. That's who it is. And if they have any chance of winning an NBA championship this year, it's not going to be because of Monty Williams. It's not going to be because of Devin Booker. It's not going to be because of uh, um, whatever his name DeAndre is. Ayton. DeAndre Ayton. Uh, or any of the players that they have, the pains of the world or whatever they have. It's going to be because of Chris Paul. Why did they win yesterday? Chris Paul. Okay? 
I'm just telling you the facts. And and for anybody to think that he's not a top three-point guard of all time, what the hell have you been watching if you're an NBA fan? And I want to stay on this the whole show because we got, we got a lot to talk about. But uh, Chris Paul, to me, my take on this, is, is, is one of the greatest, uh, greatest point guards of all time. But to me, he is the greatest point guard of all time if he wins a championship. Uh, Snug says Allen Iverson. Derek Coleman was the man. <laughs> Sam says enough with the NBA. <laughs> Sounds like Lyle now. Snug says, LOL, I once passed Mike Bibby off. I pissed Mike Bibby off in a local restaurant. He wanted to give me his autograph, but I passed. Uh, yeah, jokingly, Snug says, <laughs> everyone knows white chocolate was the best point guard ever. <laughs> Uh, ben, Great street ball player, by the way. Uh, Brett Goldstein says, "What about Oscar? Or I guess Oscar Azarkar. I guess autocorrect Oscar Robertson. I would imagine." And Snuggs yeah, says, we mentioned him. Hard to be a rookie if you won an NBA playoff series. We didn't say technically a rookie, but he's like he's rookie, an experienced coach. Uh, rookie coach to a rookie team. Okay, this is second year on a Phoenix Suns team that shouldn't even be where they are. Okay, we we all know that, and anybody that's going to argue that is stupid. Okay. So uh, that's all we're going to talk about with the NBA. Um, as far as the Bucks and the Hawks, who's winning tonight? Milwaukee the Bucks is up are winning right one eighteen to one hundred eight. Right wow! Now. Without uh, the Greek freak, this is surprising. This is really surprising. Well, the, Hawks even, well, the Hawks don't have Trey Young either, so they're both at a disadvantage. Yeah, but they're I, up as much as twenty at one point. Trey Young will be back next game. But he has to be. Yeah, he'll points. be back next game. Uh, I, I think the Bucks will win this game, but uh, whoever wins this series isn't going to beat Phoenix. I mean, I don't think so, none either. of these teams are going to beat Phoenix. Okay, it, it's it's a remarkable story. So I, I want to get into the NCAA situation. We were talking about it the other day. So what are the new rules implemented now after yesterday, Speedy? Yeah. So now all all college athletes can benefit financially off of. Name, image, and likeness. This is what, what, what Jeff was saying, what, what the Supreme Court stuff was saying. They could benefit in those ways where they can promote their own brands now. What we were talking about last week with, uh, with the athletes that were creating their own brands, what with the guy that was his YouTube company with the, with the water bottles from Texas A&M. Anyone could promote their brands. Now. I got to talk to Devin. Maybe he can help yeah. us promote. Uh-huh. I, definitely. Yeah. I know. De- De- Devin would be somebody. That I-, I could see him having a really, really cool brand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could definitely see that. But, yeah, they, they now can cr- create off of that. And we've seen it already from college athletes today promoting smaller brands for the most part so far. We had one guy. I forget what sport he played. He was promoting his music company, and he actually was doing live performances now. Uh, Bo Nix, the Auburn quarterback, was promoting a tea brand that was – is local to him. So we're already seeing the, the impact that, he, that this has had. And you're definitely going to see it more. I don't know about necessarily with huge companies in the first year, but definitely going to see it with a lot of these local companies because of the names and the sports that are connected to it. And now and all, all athletes, all sports can be able to do it now at the division one level. What about the story that's coming out right now? And I read it on ESPN that uh, Reggie Bush, and I, I want to bring the story up because it's a very interesting story. Uh, and I, I've, I grew up, Loving and adoring Reggie Bush. I didn't think he was going to be a great NFL player. I didn't. I, I, but Reggie Bush, where's that story? Ex-USC star Bush wants Heisman stats and Heisman trophy restored. On a day when the college athletes were officially granted rights to profit off their names and images and likeness, former USC running back Reggie Bush made it clear he believes the Heisman Trophy he won in 2005 should be returned and his college statistics reinstated. It 
is my strong belief that I won a Heisman Trophy solely due to my hard work and dedication on the football field. And it is also my firm belief that my records should be reinstated, Bush said in his statement the other day. So it's very interesting. And, uh, by the way, Barstool signed 35 players today. Right? Oh, I didn't know that. All right. Thank you for that information, Jeff. Which which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. And I'm not surprised. Barstool has the money behind them. I I could see Barstool doing something I like that. I know Barstool did it. And I know, um, I believe Marcus Stroman with his brand also. I think they signed a lot, a lot of people today as well. Mm-hmm. So they're all out there now, guys. Have shout, at it, basically. Shout out to Ben in the comments section, too. He said he got a few athletes lined up for his company after today. What Really? Yeah. Awesome yeah. job, Ben. Look it's, at him. That's it, man. How much you paying him, Ben? How much you paying him? That's the question. I, I don't know if he could necessarily reveal that information. Yeah. How much yeah. you paying? Errol, you can't ask that question to people. You can't ask what they're making. I can ask him whatever <laughs> I want. Yeah, a few weeks ago, two on the air. You can't ask that. I can ask whatever I want. Not that question. That's a personal I, Everything question. that came out of the first segment was crazier than asking that. I, what do you mean it's crazy? I, I don't think it's crazy. I, I want to know how much he's paying him. Or is he giving him something through the proceeds? Uh, that's what I want to know. I want to know how people are negotiating deals right now. So if you're in, if you're negotiating deals, you're pulling off deals uh, and offerings through deals. There has to be something that you're doing that's giving these players a reason to join you and and promote your product. So that's all I'm saying. Uh, I'm going to be starting my product very very soon. Um, I have a, I have a brand, and I'm actually going to reach out to uh, Devin, and I'm going to see if Devin wants to work with me and and uh, promote. Uh, my brand. So, but that, that's a whole nother story. But anyways, um, what do you guys think about the Reggie Bush situation? I definitely think you should get the Heisman back at this point because, again, he, Reggie Bush in a lot of college football analyst eyes is thought of as not just the greatest running back in college football history, one of the best overall players. So if that was the reasoning for it, he definitely should deserve it back at that point. I know, obviously, it was part of the recruiting process at the time, but still – if you're now allowing the rule at this point, you're going to have to give back a lot of these things that were stripped away. Now, obviously, there are still some obviously illegal things that these coaches did, these recruit, uh, these direct athletic directors did to lure them in. So I'm not saying every circumstance is created equal, but Reggie Bush did nothing wrong himself. If you still want to have, if you still want to have beef with USC and all that, all right, that's understandable because I don't think he's returned to the school at all, at least in the last ten years or something like that. He really has had a lot of trouble with that. So I definitely think he deserves it back. It's in terms of accolades, because college football's got their own Hall of Fame, and that's going to be something that if this rule didn't in place, maybe we would have an asterisk. So, I mean, he definitely deserves it in a heartbeat. Um, how about you, Josh? What are, what are your thoughts to it? I mean, it's quite simple. Give them back the Heisman, give USC back their banners, give them back their championships, give I mean, all this stuff. Give 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 Michigan back their, their Final Four banners, give all these teams back what they deserve. I mean, give them back everything. These teams have earned it. I think it's nonsense that USC completely banned Reggie Bush in the first place. The guy put is one of the reasons that USC was him and Matt Leinart really, really, really put them back on the map where they were that dominant program. Actually, put 80s. them on the map. Period. Yeah, well, I'm saying like in the '80s they were pretty good with OJ Simpson and all those guys and everything like that. But 
you know, had a little bit of downtime, but they really, with him, Liner, I mean, you remember that dynamic? Even with O.J. Simpson, were they that much better than the Linehart, uh Reggie Bush era? It's no. Different, it's a different style. I mean. I mean, they won two titles in a row. No, I they mean, did. I mean, and they, they had the dynamic duo, right? Did O.J. Simpson ever do that? I don't think he did. It was, what is it, Reggie Bush and, and uh, Lendell White. Yeah, I mean, you had right. the dynamic one-two punch with those two. Um, I forget who the wide receiver was that got drafted to in the first or second round. I can't remember his name. Speedy, you might be able to find it. I can't. Um, they had a there. lot of the NFL yeah. players come from that team. Okay, but uh, and that's because Pete Carroll was a very good recruiter, and that's why he went from you know the NFL uh, and really the New England Patriots all the way to the you know USC and and college football, and and I and really re rebuilt his name and his legacy, and that's why he got that job at Seattle. And if Seattle uh, didn't hire uh, Pete Carroll, uh, who knows that defense wouldn't have been the Legion of Boom. That t- that team probably wouldn't had have gotten Russell Wilson, and who knows where Russell Wilson would be playing today. So it was Steve Smith, uh, Whitney Lewis, and Dwayne yes, Jarrett. You know, it, it's crazy. It really is. It, it's a great, it's a great story. And there's a, there, there's going to be a lot of players that are going to be looking for places uh, to work and promote. Uh, product, uh, you know, Speedy, I, I want you to uh, hit up Devin. Uh, I want to talk to Devin. So uh, hit him up uh, this uh, tonight or tomorrow. Um, and I, I definitely want to talk. I also, you know, I also I want to talk to what's his name again uh, from Wisconsin. Um, we like Al Ashford. Ashford. I oh, want to yeah. talk to hey, Ashford. Hey, not, let me. Uh, I get it. I, I like I like Ashford. <laughs> Ashford and me actually. That guy in a heart. Let me tell you, give Ben Ben. Dude, and I, Ashford. Ashford follows me. Loves everything. Anytime I post, that's something. all well and good. But Ben and I are Wisconsin bad. They don't done. give a shit about you. <laughs> we'll get it done. I Listen, ass hat. All right, ass we'll get hats. Done, I mean, okay? I'm wearing a Nike hat. I don't know about it. Congratulations! An they also got hired at the at the Mavericks president. What a wonderful hire that was. <laughs> anyway, who who, <laughs> who got Nike hired? Guy. He got hired as the president of the Mavericks. Well, good for him. He's a moron. Yeah, so we talked about it yesterday. Did you yeah. forget already? No, I, I just I'm a little lost <laughs> on where this conversation you went. This you thought it was terrible. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, anyways, um, I. I I, I I'll talk to Al. Uh, Al Al's definitely a person that really likes us, and I think Al would absolutely work with us. So. See, Ben's right. Ben just commented. Ben's right. He said, "Me and Josh can take care of it." <laughs> you you want to reach out to Al? What are you going to say to Al? Does he know you? Okay, just let Ben and I do it. What are you going to do? What are you going to say to him? Ben's going to do the talking. I'll do the schmoozing. Do you know Al? Does he talk to you? Are you nah, friends with him? <laughs> listen, well, I just tell him, man, I just throw this up in here. I said, listen, sign the brand. Oh, sign the brand. Yeah, well, that's, that's going to sign. Sign on the dotted line, baby. Let's I, do I, this. What, I would, what I would do is I bring them in uh, as partners, full-fledged partners through the product and uh, help me produce. Uh, I can mass produce the product. I just want them to promote it. That's really it. And they, they get uh, a certain amount of percentage through the proceeds. That's, that's pretty much it. Uh, I think it's a good idea, and I have two young guys that uh, I'm pretty very I'm very close with, uh, two very talented kids who I think would absolutely work with me, you know. So um, I think we uh, I think we can get a couple of guys to do to some work with us. Oh yeah. So um, so uh, that's something, Speedy. I want I want you to reach out to Al, and I want you to reach out to Devin. 
two guys I could definitely definitely yeah. promote stuff like that. Yeah, they are and, fantastic. And I and I'll I'll take care of them. I mean, tell them I'll, I'll you know we'll get the we have their numbers. Get their numbers. I'll talk to Al and I'll talk. Yeah, to Yeah, speak. Give me Al's number. Yeah, so I don't have it on me right now. I'll get. I'll I have. Right I could get Al's. I could get Al's number right, like in five minutes. I I just, I'd Speedy will do it for me. So I get time that I, when I get the time to sit down and talk to him. I I think Al would absolutely like to work with us. Uh, Al's a. From Buffalo, he's a New York native, and uh, he's a Giant fan. Yes, he is. I'm not a big fan of that, but uh, everything else. And he's a Wisconsin Badger, which I'm not a big yeah. fan of that. <laughs> but uh, I like Al. Al and me are, you know, everything. I like Al, Al too. He's a good guy. Yes. I love Mercy. He's a good dude. Yes, I he think is. He's going to kick ass in Wisconsin. I, oh, yeah. I do, too. I think he's going to be a top three-round type of talent. Damn damn like, right. You got – yeah, baby. Not because he's a Badger. Not because he's a Badger. Uh, you, you get him. You, He's you from make, New York. You, that's you're why. Getting excited over here, boy. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. The, the college football playoff is expanding, so they'll get in now. <laughs> I would hope so. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, can they, I mean let's, uh, finally, about time. Let's can we get enough with the four teams already? And every year, an SET, SEC team wins uh, the whole freaking thing. Enough already. Mm. Well, not to, not, I don't. I don't want to blow up Mark's head with Alabama. First of all, uh, Ben, uh, Ben, Ben's trying to. You know what Ben's trying to do? He's trying to get us to to get him some athletes to help him out. Uh, actually, we'll 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 move on for our products, Benny. Okay, you can you can do it yourself. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're gonna co- co- no, no, no. We're gonna co coordinate. Really? Okay. Well, yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, it's okay. The Wisconsin, the, the Wisconsin allies. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Uh, I'm not worried about anything. You, no, you, you seem a little, you, you're a little worried. It's okay. <laughs> oh, I'm shaking in my boots, scared as shit. Errol's internally sweating. Scared. No I, I'm scared as hell, Josh. I'm scared that Josh is going to reach out to athletes and help Ben get some athletes. Here's the funny, see, here's the thing, though. Like everybody, you know, it's funny. Everybody looks at me. They say I look like a very happy, easygoing, good guy to talk to. They see you, and everybody always wonders the question: Why does Errol always look so mad? You see what I mean? That's you got to have that that, uh, that niche. Anybody that, that ever anybody, and let me tell you something. Anybody, <laughs> anybody that knows me off air knows that I'm pretty down to earth, good damn guy. That uh, I know that. Uh, that, can, know that. And, uh, everybody knows that. Every single athlete that I've spoken to on and off the air loves me. Okay, Listen so me, I'm telling uh, you, it's, uh, Michael without... Strahan and me, uh, no. me and Michael Strahan have, have had long conversations. I've had long conversations with so many athletes over the did years. Did you talk about why he fixed the gap in his tooth and how it was stupid because it was so marketable and why he did that? Nah, I don't care. He can market he himself in like, other ways. No, no. I don't care what he does with the mark. Excited as a I don't care what he does with his teeth. Why would that matter as much as marketing? Why is marketing the gap in his teeth as big as well, other things he could have? Nah, because you know what? When you do that, people – that's how a lot – listen, say what you want. That's how a lot of people actually – other than being a really great player, that's how a lot of people remembered him. Who? You know? Who are you talking about? Strahan. Michael Strahan was great. I just said that. I, I speed. Did I just say that? No, he was great. He said outside <laughs> of you. Know, I said you outside even, of him being a great player. You, yeah, okay. you, you, that's all you need to be a great player, and he'll be remembered. You know, don't care about his teeth. Brian, that's like Anthony Davis. They call him the brow. There you go. 
Ant- first of brow. all, first of all, Anthony Davis will be remembered even if he didn't have brows. Okay. Uh, yeah, but you see, it, it's a it was a marketable thing. Yeah. You put it on the t-shirts. Michael Strahan's market was because he's the greatest. He's the greatest sack guy for the Giants. Okay, and he played Damn. in New York, and, and and that's it. Now he's the biggest guy on radio. I mean, radio Good and TV. America, yeah. he, he, that's that's all. That's all you have Good to morning, say. Morning America is big deal. Uh, but uh, you know, it's he it's, ditched, he ditched uh, Kelly. What's her name? Kelly who? Kelly, uh, yeah. Well, we, we just in Kelly. Oh, Ripper. Yeah, and she Kelly Ripper. Kelly's actually she, leaving. By the way, Kelly's actually leaving. That's what I heard. Well, uh, yeah, she's leaving, and guess who? Is, guess who's going to get the brand? Aaron Rodgers, Ryan Seacrest. Oh. <laughs> That's <laughs> it, baby. That's it. the the new Dick Clark, the blonde, the the blonde wonder. Anyways, yeah, um, right. The new Dick Clark. Oh God, Dick Clark, annoying. Hence voice. they say. Hence they say. New annoying Year's, voice. Dick Terrible. Clark's New Year's bash with. Ryan. I like the name Dick because it reminds me of you, Josh. <laughs> I think what the scary part is that you're thinking about dicks. <laughs> I didn't I'm say surprised. That. First of all, I first of all, I didn't say I was thinking of it, but you're bringing it. Up, so yes, I said when I hear the word "dick," it reminds me of you. Well, so, oh, you don't even want to know uh, the stuff that I makes me think of you, pal. Well, <laughs> well, good. Well, maybe you should put your head in your ass and maybe figure out what you're doing when you fart. I mean, you are an ass, so I guess it would kind of fit. Uh, well, well, at least I don't look like a horse's ass. So, anyways, you're a jackass. So well, we're gonna keep going. I'd rather be. Now. I'd rather be a jackass than a horse's ass. Okay, I'd rather so, not be an ass at all. But if well, you want to stick to well, you do look like an ass. You look me. like an Adam Sandler wannabe. So you definitely like uh, Adam Sandler. Go look at his net value. Uh, well, I didn't say that you're I worth anything. I, I never said just because you are an Adam Sandler wannabe doesn't mean that you look. If if I look like you a have the money in his pocket. Actor, I'm. Totally I, I never said you have the money like that. And if you yeah. did, you wouldn't be here. So, anyways. Uh, yeah, Stark's, that's for damn sure. You got Stark, that right. <laughs> Stark says he looks mad because he actually is related to Oscar the Grouch. He doesn't he just doesn't have the green hair. Mm. Ben says three no, to two. I mean. Ben says three to two lead, referring to the Bucks. Stark says Michael Strahan and I like to sit outside dentist offices and make fun of people who get terrible dental work. Mm-hmm. Stark says Ryan Seacrest is the hardest working man in entertainment. And wow, but seems like a lot of dick thoughts flying around. Mm. No, God knows you like it. That's for sure. You and your damn rainbows and your hornets, whatever the hell you like, your little cats and your unicorns. Anyways, <laughs> don't forget about the cupcakes. Yeah, hey, the I cupcakes. Love Come on, uh, yeah, I'm sure you do. Um. Anyways, uh, Speedy, what else are we getting into? Now? Well, the Washington football team also getting in a lot of trouble today. There a lot of there were scandals off season, last off season with Dan Snyder and all the disgusting things that were going on in there. Now all of a sudden they're fined ten million dollars. Uh, for a team culture issue. Pennies to that guy. Yeah, well, pennies to that guy. But, I mean, who knows? He might be forced to sell the team at this rate. He's right? not selling the team. I mean, we, we, he won't. Uh, Dan Snyder, he's, he, he, he won't. I, I, first of all, change the damn name. What the hell is going on? The Washington football team. We know it's a football team. Could you could you give him a name? Call him the Washington Hornets or something. Call him something. All right? It, it's, it's terrible. What is Washington known for? Uh, the capital. The Washington capital. Okay, not the Capitals, the Washington Capitol. I, I don't know. Call them the Washington, for Washington Lincolns. Sentinels. The Washington Lincolns. Go, go. You know? Washington oh, Sentinels right. for the win. Something. Give them something. You know? Yeah, I, do it. I, do I, it. I, I just think it, it ruins it. it. It just ruins it. And first of all, everybody I like ruins the logo. I do like the logo. What, the but W? The, you know, yeah. I think it's, it's, mm. it's boring. You know, really? It's boring. Yeah, I don't mind it. It doesn't bother me. I, I don't like boring logos. It's, it's very, very boring. 
I, it's, I don't Having a letter as a logo is uh, for a helmet. It's not exactly like the uh, the flashy type logos or intimidating. Who gives a crap about the damn logo? I want my team to win the football games. I don't give a crap. <laughs> well, they have a... the Jets. The Jets. The Jets. Freaking uniforms. Some of them make me go blind. I just. I don't give a damn. I want my team to win a football game. Well, That's the great New York Titans uniforms. No, it was ugly. I agree. Was <laughs> ugly. Was I was being sarcastic. <laughs> I saw the. I saw Zach Wilson in the new uh, Titans uniforms. They're they're ugly, man. Keep them away. I like the new jerseys. Don't, don't the Jets jerseys are nice. Don't tell that to Jimmy Jardine. He likes. I like them. the green ones. I do like the. Uh, oh, do I like you the black like the one. Jerseys? The black ones are great. Black ones are great. Best jersey. You I like I, the black jerseys. Ugh. I love the black jersey. I got the black jersey. I got my name on the back of it. What are you talking about? I got one. No, I got one. It's I beautiful. only I have two jerseys. I have a Herndon and a Quinn Williams. I only have the green ones. That's it. I've got about seven jerseys. I was offered a black jersey. I said no, thank you. Oh, when you once you go black, you never go back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I've Anyways. heard that. Same well, I that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what else, Speedy? What else were we going to? That was all I had on the list. I didn't know if there was anything else you wanted to get into in the NBA well, or anything like that. Yeah. Well, I I do want to get into uh, the NFL. And there's a lot to talk about with the NFL. And I I, want to go – one of the segments I wanted to go into today is your top five coaches of all time in NFL history. And, uh, you know, it's it's so interesting because a lot of people are going to put Bill Belichick as number one. And uh, that's fine. And so I want to change that. I want to put the top five coaches in sports history. Okay? Okay. So, you know, when when you look at the NFL – and, and, and it's so interesting when, when we argue our points and we, we look at this year, we talk about the acquisitions and, and the draft. We were just talking with Daigle, uh, who was the winners and losers in this year's draft and the quarterback class this year, how uh, a lot of people think it could be a strong class or a weak class. You never know what is going to be weak and what is going to be strong. Everybody thought the Sam Darnold class was going to be very, very strong, one of the greatest quarterback classes of all time. And what, what does that class bring you? It brought you Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson. And maybe Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. That's it. Uh, looks That's like it. we got Mark. And, and, and it's good that we have Mark because it's going to be interesting. I want to know his take on the greatest uh, greatest coaches of sports history. But um, back to football. I want to I want to keep talking about what we're we're into. Uh, it's interesting because when I have looked at some of these teams, and, and I'm looking through these rosters going into this year, and we were talking about the Jets and the Giants. Let's let's go offset on that. Let's talk about Seattle. Let's talk about Arizona. Let's talk about San Francisco. Let's talk about San Diego. Let's talk about the teams that this year, it's make or break years. Now, everybody says, why do you think, not San Diego, the L.A. uh, Chargers. Everybody thinks that the Chargers, this is a make make or break year. And how could you call them a make or break year when they have uh, Justin Herbert, a young quarterback? Here's the reason why I think a lot of these teams, Seattle is a make or break year. Arizona is a make or break year with all the acquisitions and the money that they've invested into this team and a coach. If the coach does not get over the hump this year, he's going to get fired. That means Kyler Murray, uh, this could be a tale of a twist for Kyler Murray because why did Kyler Murray uh, become the number one draft pick and the number one pick in uh, you know a couple of years ago? It was because of the coach. It had nothing to do with anything. If uh, what's-his-name again wasn't there, uh, Kyler Murray probably wouldn't have been the number one pick. So. Yeah. So uh, and maybe Kyler Murray's playing baseball. He's not playing football. So it's it's so interesting and it's so uh, argumental. So honestly, to you guys and, and some of your arguments uh, to what I'm talking about, give me your top three teams that are make or break years. You want to know mine? Number one, Minnesota. 
make or break year. If they don't win this year, which they're probably not, uh, coach is going to get fired. Uh, Kirk Cousins is gone. That team's going to be completely dissembled. Okay, that that team is done. Okay, another another team, the Green Bay Packers. Okay, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back, what do they do? Do they overpay Devontae Adams and set themselves back for many many years? Do they trade Devontae Adams and rebuild with Love or uh, or maybe draft another quarterback in the future? Okay, and the final team is Seattle. If Seattle doesn't win this year and 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 do do something and get over the hump. Last year, they played very, very well. They, they made it to the playoffs, and they got knocked out by, the I think, the Rams, Rams right? Yep. All right, so if they don't get over the hump, what do they do with Russell Wilson? What do, we do, what do they decide to do with some of the players, a.k.a. Uh, a safety that we know, okay? <laughs> uh, what do they do? Those are my three teams that need to get over the hump this year. They need to win something. If Seattle doesn't get to the Super Bowl or get to the NFC title game, Seattle is going to – they're going to completely dismantle that team. Pete Carroll will probably retire uh, after this year because he's, he's the oldest coach right now in the NFL. He's older than Bill Belichick. Yeah. So, what, Speedy, what are your top three teams that need to get over the hump this year? I agree with you on the Vikings for sure because they're kind of in that in-between position right now with Kirk Cousins, with Mike Zimmer, who I thought was on the hot seat last year as it was. And they're kind of – every other year they're good, but they're not consistently good. So I definitely agree with you on the Vikings. I'll add the Steelers into the mix too. People still they're, think, done. they're done. I think they're done too, but pe- people still think they could contend. They're trying to go one more last gas possibly with, with Big, Big, Big Ben. They brought in Najee Harris from the draft. They're trying to get that offense going. All those receivers are still there. Juju came back. So I think there's people – there's still people – I don't think so, but there's still people that think this still could be a good team. Mike Tomlin's still there. He might be on the hot seat. Seat, though I mean, who knows? He may, might let go of him, but the Steelers don't get rid of their coaches easily. They just gave him a three-year contract, so he's. Going oh, they did. Him. Okay, yeah. I didn't. That I didn't hear. There, he's not going away. He's not going. Yeah, away. so I think I think that's definitely one. And uh, again, we talk about it all the time with the Cowboys. I, uh, the Cowboys, everyone thinks they're going to be great every year, and then they never do anything. So will this finally be their year? Otherwise, they have a lot of salary cap issues they got to worry about too. And the Saints as well too. I think is another one. Uh, they have a lot of salary cap issues too. A lot of quarterback concerns. They're uh, done anyways. Uh, I, th- Drew I, th- is- I think they could still be a, a wild card contender. Like you're saying, the NFC is pretty weak, so they could still make the playoffs. But they might be losing some other players too from that draft. Find a quarterback and. Better find a quarterback quick because Uh if they don't, I mean, they they, first they're saying Jameis Winston's going to be the starter, but they overpaid. They they overpaid. What's his name again? Did they give him hell? Give him one hundred thirty million. They gave him hell an egregious contract. They They gave him like twenty one million a year or something like that. But he's not the starting quarterback. Uh What what are they on drugs? I I mean, it doesn't make sense. How about you, Josh? I think the first one I think of is the L.A. Rams. Right, you do that trade Mm -hmm. for Matt Stafford. You trade those. You trade the first round pick, right? So you're going all in at this point. If they don't win anything this year, I think Sean McVay. It's going to get to an interesting standpoint of where he goes and where this team goes. Number two for me, you know, I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans, and and the Titans to me are a team that two years ago were in the AFC Championship game, right? And then last year they were a disappointment. You know, they lose they lose to Baltimore, I believe, in the in the in the wild card round at home. They just traded for Julio Jones. Right, you have Derrick Henry there. You have AJ Brown there. This, there's no reason why this team can't be successful. And look, I mean, I don't want to. I, I'm with Speedy on this one. The, the Dallas Cowboys overrate guys more than anybody <laughs> on the planet. I mean, their offense, when you look at it on paper, hmm. it's outrageously talented. But it's just a matter of are they going to be able to put this talent together? And their defense is absolutely atrocious. Could it actually be any worse than it was last year? Hmm. I'm not even. Sure, 
Could be. We don't know. But, again, I mean, we had John on earlier. He said that he hated the Cowboys draft. He hated it. He didn't like it at all. John and, never liked the Cowboys, period. So, well, I mean, it's even though – I remember like, having a conversation with him about a year ago, and he told me he don't yeah, like the but Cowboys. But it's even so, like, like the interesting part of, like, Michael Parsons, right? Like, mm-hmm. was that even the right guy? Because there were still good corners and stuff on and defensive backs on the board, and they decided to go with the – Another linebacker that has a troubled history. Hmm. So to me, I mean, I, I look at it in that perspective. So you got so, the Rams, Tennessee, and uh, Dallas. Dallas. Okay. Uh, Mark Andre. Well, Mark uh, Everett Kelly. What's going on, buddy? Uh, happy you're on. I haven't seen you since uh, you came out here for the show and you disappeared. How are you feeling, man? I know you went to see doctors. Are you okay? I'm doing all right. The uh... Yeah, they found something that they had to um, operate on, took it out, so um, to feel a little better. How are you feeling, man? I feel, uh, I feel good. I, I, feel I, good. I figured uh, – I haven't heard from you, so I, I didn't know if anything was good, but I'm happy that you're back with us. I'm happy that you're okay, and, uh, you know, if you ever need anything, you know, you can call <laughs> me, man. Uh, I appreciate it. I, I appreciate you guys having me on and including me in all this. So, Mark, um, yeah, tell me. Uh, it, your three uh, must-win teams this year, or uh, or else. Yeah, well, I think some of you, you you highlighted some of them. I haven't heard anybody say Baltimore yet. I would say Baltimore is up there. For that me. was another one I was thinking of, Mark. That's a good one. Yeah, uh, because you don't know uh, with Jackson. He's won MVP. He's gotten a lot of media attention. He's gotten a lot of attention from so many places and uh, like so many think he's the next generation and in the same class as Patrick Mahomes. And statistically he's put up great numbers, um, but he hasn't performed in the postseason. And as good as he's been during a regular season, I mean, two years ago, he had about as good a season as any quarterback that existed. He had like, I think three games where he threw five touchdowns. Uh, and that had only been done like two or three times in NFL history. Um, and there was a clear cut, like this guy was the best player in the, in the regular season that year. And then uh, they played very poorly in a postseason against Tennessee. So I would put them as the number one. Uh, number two, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure when you look at the fact that they brought in John Johnson at safety and when they brought in uh, Jadavian Clowney uh, at edge. Uh, and what is Baker Mayfield? Is he the next uh, quarterback that's going to be recognized as a yeah. As, as a guy that, that can really come in and make a difference on a team and get them wins uh, and be able to separate themselves from the pack. And that's what they're expecting of Baker Mayfield uh, and Cleveland. And as bad as Cleveland's been at times, they want them to win eventually. So going 11 and five and winning a playoff game against Pittsburgh, which I, I think they exercise a lot of demons with that, but they're still not considered a front runner yet. You know, when you, I, I wouldn't put them in the class uh, as the the uh, the Chiefs. I wouldn't put them in a class with Baltimore yet, um, and I wouldn't put them in a class with Buffalo. So they got to earn it there. So I think they're they're the second team, uh, and then the third team. If I were going to take a team from the NFC, I would I would slash it between the Rams and the Vikings because I think Yarrow you made some really good points. Kirk Cousins was brought over, and people almost like forget about that. Mm-hmm. Cousins was brought over on a big, big-time contract, and he still has the stigma of not being able to win the big game. Uh, Ryan and I remember I was talking about it like almost every week. 
back in 2019. Mm-hmm. And then he finally won a playoff game that year. But that's it. And then the Vikings and the, and the Falcons, they're almost like uh, mirrors of each other where they'll they'll have a good year or they'll start out strong. I think the Vikings one year started 6-0, and didn't make the playoffs. Uh, Lions 5-0 didn't in 2016, yeah. Yeah, um, so they, they're all both – they've both done that. The Falcons have done that too, wind up being – The year before too, funny yeah. enough. So yeah. I think that and, – and you expect them to do something and then they always disappoint you. So I think the Vikings are in that area. But you know they have talent. Uh, and defensively, they're just not as strong as they were a couple of years ago, where they had all that defensive speed. Um, so I don't know how many more years they got left to be able to challenge. And Cousins, for that amount of money, has not produced at all. So I would say those three teams stick out more than anybody else. Snug says, I'm all about the uniform, unicorn cupcake life. CJ says that Stan, uh, Dan Snyder is a closet pet. Oh, yes, we know that. <laughs> Snug says, how about the Washington fighting Earls? I like that. CJ yeah, says, Washington should have called themselves the Red Tails in honor of the fighter squadron that made history in World War II. CJ says, that would have made the most sense, but WTF do I know? Uh, ben ranks his top, uh, top five coaches. One Lombardi, two Lombardi, three Lombardi, four Holmgren, five Lafleur. <laughs> Snug, Snug says, Jason Garrett, Jeff Fisher, Rich Cotite, Adam Gase. Mm. Jeff, no. says, Jeff says, can't we talk about Alabama? CJ says, Lombardi, Walsh, Parcells, Belichick, Jimmy Johnson. Uh, is that Mark Kelly? I see it on my screen. Welcome, my friend, from CJ. Sam says, as his three teams, the Cardinals, the Seahawks, and the Titans, so collectively from all three of us, uh, and adds the Bengals. I'm not really sure why they're in the mix, but okay. Uh, Roll Eagles, Snark says. Ben says, Vikings, Bears, Lions, Cowboys, all finished. Oh, my. Uh, For the teams that have the most pressure. Uh, Snug says, hey, the Cowboys have the defense attorneys to take care of Parsons. Most Most pressure must win. Right. You know, this is a must-win year for these teams, these organizations. Everybody, people forget about Chicago too. Chicago, That's it's fair. a must. Yep. It's a must-win for them the, this year yeah. for their coach, uh, their new GM. I, I mean, you, you're talking. You bring in a rookie quarterback. You're putting a lot of pressure on Justin Fields. A lot of pressure on Justin Fields going into his rookie season because he's gonna he's winning that job. I, I cannot see Andy Dalton starting this year. <laughs> Definitely not. I can't see. <laughs> it. Else, you know, I just can't see it. Now, Andy Dalton, I he has been a successful quarterback in this league, but he's getting older. He's not the same quarterback with the Bengals when he had AJ Green at the prime of his career. It's not that kind of he's not that kind of player anymore. But if you look at his numbers, and I've said this many many times, all those haters that hate Andy Dalton, his numbers are pretty damn good. Okay, he's got good numbers. He's just not the Andy Dalton when he came in from TSU or TCU. I mean, TCU. So he's the Andy Dalton that nobody really wants anymore. He's a backup quarterback at best. So Justin Fields, it's a make or break, it's a make or break year for Chicago with that defense. Khalil Mack, they were talking about training Khalil Mack in the offseason. That's right. In the Russell, for Russell Wilson, yeah. they were yeah. saying. Yeah, I, I mean, you're talking about and you're talking about one of the great uh, pass rushes we've seen uh, in many, many years, really since yeah. Lawrence Taylor. Everybody says, well, who's the next Lawrence Taylor? I mean, Khalil Mack is the closest thing. I, I, I will say this, and I, I agree with Mark on this standpoint. In, in my eyes, I think the Baltimore Ravens are definitely one that you have to look at because when you see what they've done the last few years, right? Lamar Jackson two years ago wins the MVP. Uh, loses to the Titans, then last season wins the wild card game, and then he loses to Buffalo. Didn't have a great game. Yes, was also, I guess, somewhat hurt, but even so, didn't look great. And now this is all the pressure. Like, this is 
this is like I feel like this. I'm not gonna say make or break year for Lamar, but if he goes into the playoffs, he's again, done. He kind of is though he's because he's up for a contract. Here. He's done. Lamar Jackson is done. He's not. They're not giving him a hundred and fifty. Now what happens then with um? What happens with um Harbaugh then? Harbaugh's going to stay. You be first of all, they did give him an extension. No, as I said, they gave him one. Yeah, John Harbaugh will keep his job. It's Lamar Jackson. It it really is. You cannot get rid of one of the best coaches in the NFL. You're not. That's so stupid. And if they do that, it'll be teams getting ready to snag him up. Uh, Best believe, John Harbaugh becomes available. There'll be teams lined. The Cowboys will fire. I think the Ravens. I agree. The Cowboys will fire Mike McCarthy and hire him right away. Okay, uh, you're you're talking about one of the great coaches we've seen in this league for many many years. Uh, it's so uh, he's he's a great coach, and and again, Lamar Jackson. They built the team, the offense around Lamar Jackson. Yep. If they can't win with Lamar Jackson, they got to rebuild that that whole offense. And look at who they drafted. They drafted Bateman. They drafted this guy. They brought this guy in. They brought uh, uh, what are they called Hollywood in, and they they bring all these guys Kyle in. Boykin, yep. And 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 none of these guys have panned well for Lamar Jackson. As eventually, you're gonna have to point your fingers to Lamar Jackson, not the players. And it's Lamar Jackson. And Lamar, I told everybody. I remember. I remember a lot of people told me, well, uh, Eric Martini was telling me for years, he says, Lamar Jackson's going to go come out, come down to be the best quarterback in that class. I said, you're on drugs. Because when the league figures him out, which like every running quarterback we've seen, RG3, let's go back on all the running quarterbacks that are not pocket present quarterbacks, all around quarterbacks. They never succeed in the league. Lamar Jackson, once teams used to see, uh, what do they call it, a spy, yep. a spy Contain, safety, yep. they contained him into the pocket and made him move to side, you know, situations that he doesn't feel comfortable in. That's how you beat him. And teams don't do it in the regular season to him. They wait until the playoffs when he doesn't see it all season, right. all year, to attack him in those positions where he can't figure things out or he gets into position and in trouble that he can't figure it out. So, CJ. Yeah. No, Speedy. You, you know, you know, Andy Dalton reminds me of if, if you remember this guy at all. Remember Bobby Abair? No, he doesn't. I do. I know. Okay, Bobby Abair was a guy who was very good. He actually won a championship in the USFL. But uh, and he NFL, don't have num- he don't have numbers like Andy Dalton. Uh, he he doesn't have regular season numbers, not passing numbers, but overall, Bobby Abair owned three in his career in the postseason. Dalton owned four. They both were on teams that. Uh, were good enough to make the playoffs, but never won. And uh, we're seen as good quarterbacks that can lead a team, but there was something missing in their overall game that just wasn't good enough. Their touchdowns to interception ratios are very similar, uh, and they both had the inability to make a big play at a big time, which was a big reason why the Saints never won with Bear, despite having that great defense. Look at Andy Dalton's numbers. Andy Dalton played in 144 games. He has a winning record, 74 and 66. Uh, he has a 62 completion percentage, which is better than Joe Montana. Has a better completion percentage than Tom Brady. Okay, he has 33,764 yards and 218 touchdowns to only 126 interceptions. Those are great numbers. Those are good numbers. Uh, he's not Hall of Fame numbers. I'm not saying he's a Hall of Famer. This is this is Dalton. The, the first five years of his career, he made the playoffs. 2011 to 2015. This is what he averages. Okay, um, he averages 25 touchdowns a year, 15 interceptions a year, 162 yards a game, uh, 311 completions a season, 3,600 yards a season. That's the average season from 2011 
to 2015. It's not bad numbers. The years they made the playoffs. Yeah. It's not bad not numbers. Cool. They're not, not bad, bad numbers. And by the way, uh, Jeff says, of course, Errol hates Lamar Jackson. He hates anyone who wins an MVP. That's not true. And I don't hate Lamar Jackson. I just didn't think his game. You cannot. You cannot just be a running quarterback in this league. You have to be an all-around quarterback or you're a pocket-present quarterback. You cannot do uh, – you can't be a runner and that's it. If you're a runner and you're not an accurate thrower, you're not going to succeed. Lamar Jackson has proven in the big game, under pressure, he's not an accurate passer. He's got a great arm. He's a lefty. He is not even Michael Vick. Michael Vick could throw on the run, and he was more of an accurate thrower. Lamar Jackson isn't. So not a lefty. What happened? Lamar Jackson's not a lefty. Uh, I'll, I'll, I think he was referring to Michael Vick. Michael Vick. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So, uh, to me, uh, to me, when I look at Lamar Jackson, I don't know if Lamar Jackson is um, he he's an NFL processing quarterback. I, I don't think he is. Yeah. Until he wins in the postseason, you're right, Earl. You know, you, you you can say whatever you want until you win in the postseason. People aren't going to consider you much. I mean. Look at his three-year career, 68 touchdowns, 18 interceptions, uh, a completion percentage of 64% over uh, yards per game, over 154 passing yards per game, over yeah. uh, 70 rushing yards per game. So he does some really good things, and his interception ratio is very good, 68 to 18. But in the playoffs, man, he has they, they've shown the ability to take away what he does best. Um, and if he don't figure it out, you know, he's not going to be successful. CJ says Minnesota, Arizona, and Seattle are his picks in the NFC, Tennessee, Pittsburgh, and New England and the AFC. Uh, the Beave in the comments section, they have to replace Sean Lee. That's why they drafted Micah Parsons. Jeff says a must-win year for so Nick watch Saban. watch defensive backs then. <laughs> yeah. Jeff says must-win year jokingly for Nick Saban. Snug says Bama, Bama, and Bama. Ben uh, says hey. uh, Snug, Snug Cat, they handled Emmett, Dion, Irvin, and many others. They'll be fine. Oh, yeah, they are on retainer and have tons of experience, Snug says. Uh, ben says, almost got to go get Leon Lett. Snug says, didn't Larry Allen get caught with a van full of weed? No, that was Nate Newton. Uh, Jeff says, no, it was on a suitcase on an airplane. Jeff says, glad to hear Marcus feeling better, hoping for good health for him, but not for the Cowboys. Snug, Snug says, Matty Caps is the president of the Long Island chapter of the Red Rocket fan club. <laughs> So, uh, Sam Brock back in the comments says, of course, they're giving Lamar $100 million. Silly winning 12 to tw 10 to 12 years a game sucks. Jeff says, of course, Errol hates Lamar. He, won he lets everyone who wins the MVP better than Joe Namath. Snug says, uh, Josh, you said not saying much. One of the most overrated Lamar, players in NFL. Lamar history. Jackson's career is one in three in the playoffs. Okay. He's one in three. He has three touchdowns to five interceptions. Okay. Five interceptions. He's been sacked 19 times. 19 times in four games. 19 uh, times. Sam says uh, he's not just a running quarterback. Watch the games before you comment. He led the league in touchdown passes two years Who ago. Who cares what he does in the regular season? We've seen this over and over again. Why does Peyton Manning get prosecuted all the time? Because he was a terrible playoff quarterback. That's why. He, he, Peyton Man is one of the greatest quarterbacks ever played game. Oh, by the way, and he has a winning record against Tom Brady in the playoffs. But guess what? Tom Brady has seven Super Bowls and Peyton Manning has two. So what does that tell you? It tells you everybody's going to take Tom Brady over Peyton Manning because of the wins in the playoffs and what he has done in the playoffs, not what he's done in the regular season. So 
that uh, you could say whatever you want about Lamar Jackson, and he has record-breaking numbers in his first two years, and he's won an MVP, and he's done this, and he's done that. Guess what? It doesn't matter. Lamar Jackson doesn't win this year and doesn't get this team over the hump. He is not going to get that contract. Snug says Namath is in the Hall of Fame, and then Sam's response to your comment, check how Peyton started his playoff career. Yep, Stupid logic. All right, Mark, you want to go into that? Yeah, I mean, his first three, first three playoff games, losing to Tennessee, a Tennessee team made the Super Bowl, but that year, no touchdowns, no interceptions. First three playoff games, one touchdown, two interceptions, a completion percentage of under 50%, and it culminated in a 41 nothing loss to the Jets Last time the Jets had a home playoff game. <laughs> First of all, he says 110% he gets a new contract. I'll tell you what, Sam. If Lamar Jackson doesn't win and he doesn't get this team to the AFC title game, Lamar Jackson will not get that contract. Why would they give Lamar a contract of that magnitude where it could set that team back? Look what they did with Joe Flacco. They, Joe Flacco had one of the best runs we've ever seen a quarterback have in one season. One season. And they give him a six-year extension. I think it was six- or five-year extension. Highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. How did that contract go for the Baltimore Ravens? Uh, not very well. Okay? And, 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 again, Baltimore is not stupid. They're not a stupid organization. And they're not going to give Lamar Jackson a contract of that magnitude when it can set that team back for many, many years to come, especially with the money they have, they have invested in other players that they have on that team. Now, the trend is now, to, and to your point, Sam, to pay the quarterback. So it's probably going to happen, but that doesn't necessarily justify it, whether it's a good contract or not because of his passing concerns. Al brought up a stat where he was averaging less than 170 passing yards per game in his career. That's a little concerning. Even though he hasn't had, didn't have to do it in his MVP season, that's still a little concerning. Now, you want your receivers to grow a little bit more, too. But that's still concerning if you want to give him the money that these other top young quarterbacks have gotten, the contract that Dak got, even though, again, uh, people say that, again, Dak got overpaid. If they want that, he wants that kind of money. If he, if he wants the contract that Russell Wilson got, guys like that, he's got to become a better all-around thrower. And those, those numbers definitely don't show that. And even though he has the accuracy, it, he, a big arm, the sophisticated throws are not his strength. I don't think they're going to let him go. That's not what I'm saying, Sam. I, I think what they'll do is they'll franchise him. And they'll keep franchising him until they decide what they're going to do with him. Are they going to move on with him? Are they going to trade him? Maybe another team, he fits another team's offense. Who knows what they're going to do with him? But if you don't think that they're going to win, if, if, if John Harbaugh or that management doesn't think that they can win with Lamar Jackson, and honestly, I don't think they can. I really don't. They've proven it the last two seasons that Lamar Jackson under pressure, teams don't show him these packages until the playoffs. They don't do it. No team throughout the season. Everybody says, well, Lamar Jackson's numbers weren't so bad last year. No, they were decent numbers. What happened in the playoffs? What happened? Teams figure him out. They understand what they need to do with him. He's got problems moving to his right side. He's better off moving to his left. So what they, What do they do? They bring a spy up on the left side of the mud. So they make him roll to the right. So they force him to throw inside and out of the pocket where he feels uncomfortable. So, Sam, I'm not saying that I hate Lamar Jackson. I just think, and by the way, talk about bad business. Uh, listen, I, I, I'm not saying that you're wrong, Sam. It's your team, and you and you enjoy your team, and that's great. I, I'm not mocking the Baltimore Ravens. They're a very well-oiled machine and a very good organization, but you're wrong. Why would they give Lamar Jackson, 
who wants somewhere along the lines between 150 to 200 million dollars why are they going to give him that kind of contract when this guy might not only play in the league for maybe two more years the guy's skinny as hell he's 215 pounds he's two he's six foot three he's doofy he's not an accurate thrower he's a great runner he's more of a thin running back he reminds me of a, a bigger Chris Johnson okay who's not as uh, as strong as Chris Johnson in the legs okay uh, all it's going to take is somebody to hurt his knees and his career is over right or wrong John. right or wrong mark yeah no, i know i agree with you he has to prove himself in the playoffs and, and body he shows he can avoid the big hit so he doesn't you know not not gonna be out for the season because he's running out of the pocket and doesn't know how to protect himself but sooner or later that's gonna get him if he relies on that he's got to learn how to become more of a passer but you mentioned about flacco Flacco, seven career playoff ruins, most in NFL history. He only has six playoff wins. Now, partly that's Mark Sanchez has four. What does that tell you? I, I know. I know. <laughs> no, you're right. It, but it means you played in a lot because you basically played in one every year. Uh, and uh, But Flacco was pretty good in the postseason. I mean, to win seven road games, there are plenty. Marino only one road playoff game win. Drew Brees only has like two. So you have quarterbacks that have opportunities but don't win on a road. Uh, Flacco did win on a road. So that, that was a big, a big thing for his career. Uh, Sam says franchise that would kill the salary cap. Talk about bad, bad business. They liked to win. And Snug says, I heard Earl throws darts at a Lamar Jackson poster after every show. No, that's probably Trey Young. <laughs> well, you, you guys are so stupid. It would have been Steph Curry or Conor McGregor. So we don't know. We, first of all. It. First of all, everybody, you don't, again, I'll go back in time. Connor, Connor and me and his management team have our own problems personally because I had a person on the show at the time that said something. She didn't know what she was talking about. And then it went back and forth. I had it out with some of the, the fighters that is in his camp, uh, threats and stuff like that, which I didn't mind it because I'm not afraid of Connor. I'm not afraid of his team. They can kiss my ass. And anytime they want to come over here, I'll stomp them like a bug. So I have no fear on anything anybody's threatening me or telling me or any of that stuff. You have a right to your own opinion. Your opinions vary. I, I disagree. Uh, I think that Lamar Jackson – there's another team, and I, I will, we'll also get into the coaches in just one second. There's also another team that really stands out to me that's a make-or-break year. Do you guys know who I'm talking about? The one that we haven't listed yet. It's in the AFC East. Miami? Dolphins? Mm-mm. Oh, say, are you going to say Buffalo? Buffalo? I was just going to say Buffalo. The Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll tell you why. The Buffalo Bills, it's a make-or-break year. They keep their offensive coordinator. Okay, He didn't go anywhere. He's still there. Josh Allen was uh, had a, his best season of his career. He's expecting a big contract. The air, they're, they're trying to negotiate a contract. He played... He played like garbage in the AFC title game against Kansas City when the, when, the, when the limelight was on him. Every single time that Josh Allen, need, the pressure was on him and he needed to make the play at the end of the game, he didn't make yeah. the play. And if, if you look at the players and the acquisitions that they made, you talk about uh, Diggs and all that other stuff, all these players that they have, if they don't show up again this year, being that they're they're supposedly the best team in the AFC East and they're one of the best teams in the AFC, they don't show up. I'm not saying Josh Allen's done. Uh, you're going to see a huge transition, not with the coaching either. Players deciding if they're going to sign players, move on from players, and, and stuff like that. This is a big year for Buffalo. It's a huge year for Buffalo. 
So that's another thing. I I, I know everybody thinks – I'm telling you, the, the you talk about the NFL and, and how these teams have become powerhouses. Everybody keeps talking. Tom came out and said the other day that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers weren't at full strength all season long. They weren't even at full stride. They weren't even. They didn't even hit their 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 top end talent next, next uh, last year, and they won a Super Bowl. He believes that this year they're going to hit that top end talent. So he's practically telling you he wants to win it, and he's going to win another Super Bowl this year. It, it, when you when you hear that from Tom Brady, you take it for a grain of salt because Tom Brady has done it before. But what happens if they don't? Tom Brady already said he's only playing 45, and he's 44 years old. Yeah, I think he said three more years or something like that. No, he said 45. He says nothing after 45. He's 44. He's going to be 44 at the beginning of the season. He's going to play one more year. He's not playing three more years. So he he already said he wants to spend time with his son. His son's going to be in high school soon. He he wants to, you know he wants to coach his son. He doesn't. He does. It, it's eventually it's time, Speedy. Okay. So, anyways. So, God, did you see? Uh, I thought tonight, last night, and tonight were two big wins for just to get off topic. Two big wins for the Braves. Um, the Mets really could have done some damage and, and kind of put the nail in them a little bit uh, if they could have won the last two days when they were Monday when they were down uh, or Tuesday when they were down 3 nothing. But the Braves came back, and tonight again, Freddie Freeman with another big of his millions he gets against the Mets. So um, that race is getting really tight, um, and the Mets really could have set themselves apart these last two days, and they didn't. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to see going on. Here's the other interesting thing. There are three teams – other than the NL West, because the NL West has four very good teams. There's only three teams in the National League East and the National League Central that have a run differential that's positive. One of them is Atlanta. One of them is Milwaukee. And then the third one is the Marlins. I was just going to say, it was weird. They, they were, the, at one point, the only one in the NL East that had a positive run Unbelievable. Yeah. Their last place, 10 games under 500, and they have like a plus 15 run differential. So I guess every game they play is close from that logic or something like that. <laughs> but that just shows you. And uh, the Nationals kind of – I mean, you've, have you seen what Kyle Schwarber's done last, like, 16 games? I, I am curious how they do their next three or four weeks. They have the – I think they have the, the they Dodgers the this and weekend. the Padres oh, the Braves, and the Braves. Okay. Then they got the Padres and then the Brewers. By the way, says I, I'm sorry to cut you off. Sam Brooks says Josh Allen isn't going anywhere. I never said Josh Allen. Are you listening to me, Sam? Did you not hear what I said? I didn't say Josh Allen's going anywhere. I didn't say the coach is going to get fired. I say there will be movement. Players will be moving. They're not going to keep the same players. And being that I believe this is a big year for Buffalo because they need to take a step ahead. They went to an AFC title game last year and bombed, and Josh Allen embarrassed himself at the end of the game. He was absolutely embarrassing himself at the end of the game on what he did, throwing a football at somebody's head, at the back of somebody's head, when he was flat on his back because he couldn't handle being abused at the line of scrimmage. So I'm, I'm not saying Josh Allen's going to be gone. I never said that he was. You're not listening to me. So if, if that's what you want to do, you want to argue your points like all these idiots on this thing, and I, I say idiots because 
sometimes you got all you guys act like jackasses. You just want to disagree with everything I say, and that's fine. Make your points on why you disagree with me. If you're not going to make your points on why you disagree with me, you're completely wrong, and you're a complete jackasses. Okay, so make your point. Stop taking words out of my mouth, like Jeff did yesterday, telling me uh, about uh, what, what, did, what did he say? The lightning salary cap of the rules. Yeah, the, 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 yeah. Too many men on the I, ice. He wasn't listening to what I was saying. He he took something completely out of context. Oh, and yeah, you said it. he said the you said something about the Broncos and the salary cap, and he thought you. I never the said that because you guys want to hear whatever you want to hear. Yeah, because you want to argue whatever you want to argue, and that's fine. You can argue your points. I have no problems arguing with all you guys if you make your points and stop saying I say something when I don't say it. I have not said if I I'll make it break myself if I say something and I I'm going to ride or die with what I say and I say it with enthusiasm I say it that I have have some understanding that I know what I'm talking about okay I don't just say it to throw it out there like Tyler does okay all right I throw it out there because I know what I'm talking about maybe you don't agree with me and that's fine I don't give a shit all right all I'm saying is that's what radio is. You say Lamar Jackson is going to get that contract. Tell me why you think Lamar Jackson is going. He deserves it. Why? Because he won an MVP? How about this? I can name a bunch of MVPs, a bunch of players that have won MVPs of, the, uh, of their career in so many different sports. So many different sports. Does that make them champions? Nope. Does that make them better? Steve Nash. Was an end back-to-back MVP. Did Steve Nash ever win a championship? Oh, by the way, another point guard that's not as good as Chris Paul. I'm, I'm just saying. Did he ever win? No. no. I just pulled that out of my ass. I, I didn't write that down. Okay? Argue that point, buddy. Okay? It doesn't matter how many MVPs you win. Okay? MVPs mean nothing. Most valuable, in my eyes, it's most valuable moron. Okay? It's not even most valuable player. It, those MVPs are just because of statistics. Okay? Now, now, does anybody think that uh, what's his name again? Who won the uh, the Norris for the uh, for the, uh, the, Adam the, the, the Adam Fox? Was Adam Fox really the best defenseman this year in the NHL? The answer is no. Okay, why did he win? Because of what he did offensively as a defenseman. That's why they gave it to him in the time that he did it in the games that he played. He he averaged more than any other defensive de- defenseman did. At the defensive position. That's why you want it. When Tyler's sitting here and saying he's a top five defenseman, you're on drugs, buddy. Okay? That, because he won the Norris Trophy on a short season? It's stupid. It's dumb. Stop talking stupidity just because they want something. Does he deserve the credit that he won? Absolutely. Do I, do I give Jackson, Lamar Jackson? I was one of the first people... When people like Tyler were saying Lamar Jackson was the 30th or 31st worst quarterback in the league, I said you're on drugs. Was that the same list that Baker made? I said you're on drugs when I said Lamar Jackson was a top 20 quarterback. I actually know what I'm talking about. And I will come up with statistics, even not even statistics, my arguments would come up and vary to your arguments. So before you attack me on any of these feeds, make sure you come full force at me. Make sure that I said what I said and don't attack me because you want to prove me wrong. Because you want to know something? I, I'm, I'm not always right. But I can tell you this right now. When I do argue my points, I have some thought of my argument. Okay? 
Snug says, all of Ireland still hates Earl. It was an international incident. Snug also <laughs> says, God, I hope he does win another Super Bowl, referring to Brady. We should be so lucky to see him do it one more time. Jeff says, Brady is retiring from the devastating cut on his hand. Uh, you read Sam's comment already. Uh, Snug says, Tyler is the man. Sam says, he deserves it because he's taken the, him to the playoffs three years in a row. Is that not good enough? Yeah, I take my chance going back into the quarterback carousel. Snug says, Jackson gets the contract because if the Ravens don't pay it, some team like the Cowboys will pay it. He's enough of a known commodity. They just gave Dak Prescott a contract. And by the way, Dak Prescott is a better playoff quarterback than Lamar Jackson is. Yeah. Sorry. And, and you want to know something? Who would I take over Lamar Jackson? Dak Prescott or Lamar? I'm taking Dak. Okay? Sorry. I'm taking a guy that actually does it with a team that doesn't have as much talent as the Baltimore Ravens. So, done, set, game. Match to me, okay? Because I'll take the person that's done it with a team that's weaker. Go ahead, Speedy. Uh, it's like one more. Seems like a lot of negative talk about drugs lately. <laughs> well, what yeah. is it? What? Snug, I love you, man. What are you talking about? I, I mean, you're you're lost, man. I I just I I have no idea what you're talking about. And you can laugh all you want, ha ha, Dak and the Cowboys really doing something. I didn't say that they are. I'm telling you. I have seen Dak Prescott do it in the playoffs. Lamar Jackson is 1-3 in the playoffs. He's been sacked 19 times in four games. 19 times in four games. Do you, do, you, do you see the number here? You see the number here? He has three touchdowns in four games to five interceptions in four games in the playoffs. Do you think that's good? Come on, Sam. Honestly, do you think that's good? Jeff says, Lamar's. And by the way, Lamar is an MVP. Yeah. If Dak played the full season last year, he was on a record break to pace. You don't think Dak would have been up for an MVP? He had a game that nobody's ever seen. What did he have in that game? I think he had 500 yards, all, all purpose yards. He had five touchdowns or six touchdowns. Two, two of them he ran in for touchdowns. Yeah, right. uh, he was unbelievable in that game. Unbelievable in that game. Okay? I'm tired of listening to stupidity. And you want to know something? You can make your points and you can make your arguments. Make them so they stick. Don't make them because you're saying, hmm, the, the Cowboys. I mean, who cares about the Cowboys? This has nothing to do with the Cowboys. That was a great point, Al. It's, not, it's just ridiculous. And you want to know something? When I'm wrong, I'll admit I'm wrong. Okay? I will admit on this show when I'm wrong. I don't hold back. I don't bitch. I tell you when I'm wrong. Okay? But you want to know something? When I'm right... And you guys argue and try to play me and try to throw me under the bra, throw me under the covers or whatever the hell you want to say and say I'm some some moron. No, you guys are the morons because you're not doing your research. I'm not looking at the computer. I'm not doing a research. This is off the head. This is what I've seen. What you call the eye theory, watching the game. <laughs> okay? Well, I watch the games too, and I'm not a stupid person, and I understand the game and how the game works. So if you're going to sit here and tell me Lamar Jackson, you're going to take Lamar Jackson in the playoffs over Dak Prescott, I'm sorry you're on drugs. I'm taking Dak Prescott in a big game game over Lamar Jackson because let's go look at Dak's numbers in the playoffs. Let's let's just square off on the opposite. Go, Speedy, look up the, Dak Prescott's numbers in the playoffs. I, I guarantee him. you. I, I got him. I what got are him. they? All right, so he's a one and two. He's a 64% completion percentage, five hmm. touchdowns, two picks. 
95.7 rating, mm. and he averages uh, about uh, 245 yards. Yeah, game. I'm taking Dak Prescott. I'm taking Dak Prescott. You, you've answered my question. And by the way, he's played uh, in those games. He's played better talent. So yeah, uh, that's yeah. and he's in, in. In by the way, he's in a better division. I mean, he's not in the the conference. Uh, conference. That's what I meant. He's and in also, a better conference. Remember his first playoff game too. Even though they lost, Sam, I know yeah, you're saying oh, you, they they were down twenty one to three. This was his rookie yeah. year. They were down twenty one to three against Green Bay, who was the hottest team in football at the time. They I think won came into the playoffs winning six straight games in the regular season. Then they beat the Giants. They blew out the Giants the week before, and. Yeah. They were down 21-3. He came back to tie that game at 31 before Aaron Rodgers had that uh, miraculous throw to Jared Cook, which set up the field goal to win the game for Green Bay. So that's not his fault that he lost. Against the Rams, he didn't play great, but nobody played great. Zeke was horrible in that game, too. And a lot of of those players were were bad in that game. So it wasn't just him. Dak is a good playoff player. Now, is he going to win a Super Bowl? I have no idea. Is he winning three in a row? I think the beef's on drugs, okay? But uh, all in all... Uh, your arguments don't vary enough to tell me that Lamar Jackson is worth $150, $200 million because he's not. Uh, Russell Wilson's worth that money. I pay Russ that. He's won. I pay Aaron Rodgers that. He won. I pay Tom Brady that. He's won. I pay, I pay any of the quarterbacks that have won or have been close to winning. I am not Jared Goff, I wouldn't play because we know what Jared Goff did in Sean McVay's offense. Uh, the only person that I would pay that kind of money and, and he hasn't won, is because he played for a crappy team, and that's Matthew Stafford. That's about it. I mean, uh, to, to, to think that you're going to sit back and tell me. And, God, by the way, you say good playoff quarterback, he's one and two. He's played three games, and he's one and two. And go look at the two games that he's lost. Go look at the two teams that he's lost against. Go look at the two quarterbacks he's lost against. Yeah. I just brought up the Packers. What? They lost 34 to 31. You're blaming that on him? Blame it on your defense. Go Blame look it. at the Rams when you lost the Rams. The Rams were the best team in the, at the, at one of the second or third they're best the two seed. Yeah, they were yeah, the two seed in the NFC. They're, they're one of the best teams and, in the league. And Zeke averaged less than two yards a rush. So it's not, it's not like Dak was the only one that was not good in that game. It was the whole offense that was bad in that game. It was a surprisingly low scoring game. Sam, you were, you're going to want a guy that has three touchdowns in, in four games and five interceptions and has been sacked 19 times. Go look how many times Dak has been sacked in, in the three games that he was in. Yeah, Sam also says better conference. The Five a- times? The AFC is way superior to the NFC, and that da- that dates back 20 years. Dak is in the weak, weak NFC East. There's a difference, though, between the NFC East as a division and the NFC as a whole. He didn't a play conference. those NFC yeah, teams. Yeah, four sacks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, four sacks. There's a difference, though, between just the NFC East and the entire NFC. The NFC as a whole, until just recently, now it's probably the, now the AFC is more well-rounded. But the NFC has always been more well-rounded with a lot of parity. Josh, in a big game, who do you want? Dak Prescott or Lamar Jackson? Big game. Right now, it would be Dak. Okay. Because I, I know for a fact that he has the talent. That The thing that with Lamar is... When he gets down, I feel like he, it's tough for him to come back, and 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 you could see it in the way he plays at times. With like that, at least with Dak, like the game against Green Bay, he came back. They even took the lead in that game and everything like that. I would take 
Dak over Lamar. He's got some Ooh, heart. I, opinion, I, I would rather take neither one of them, but I would take Dak if I had to pick. Uh, I'm taking Dak, too, in a big game. And that's not, that's not saying that Dak is better than Lamar Jackson all around. I'm not saying that. I don't think he is either. No, but I'm not game, no. saying no, that. Lamar's and and, and I'm, I'm, I'm listening to everybody. Everybody, th- You see people take words out of my mouth. Oh, so you think Dak is better than Lamar? I never said that. So you guys, you love, and this is what Jeff does, and I love Jeff. Jeff does this all the time. He tries to find something, and he tries to pull it out, and then he says, oh, you see, I told you. No, you didn't, man, because you didn't hear what I'm saying. You were taking words out of my mouth that I never said. Okay, so. I mean, the truth of the matter is neither one of them have ever really won a big game. No. I would rather take either one. I'm taking Dak in the big game. I'm taking Dak in the big game, and I'm sorry. Lamar Jackson's not a big game player. He'll never be a big game player, and that's why I would never pay him that money that he wants. All in all, I think they franchise him next year. That's what I would do. Is he he's up for uh, franchising? Yeah, at the end of the year. I think yeah. you franchise him for the next two years, and then you decide in the next two years if you want him or you trade him. You trade him for a draft pick. You trade him to send him to another team where uh, he fits or they can get something for him and move on from that. Uh, Cause he's not going to, you're not going to win with him. He's not winning with Lamar. Snug says he's only worth what somebody is willing to pay. Finding real talent is hard enough. Someone will pay Lamar Jackson. The beef in the comments saying he was the def- It was the defense that lost the games. Dak was not the reason they lost the games. Sam says Dak has never won a big game in his career. So the comparison is actually kind of stupid. And Jeff says Dak is five and 50 against team winning records, but sure. Let's take him in a big game. Game, and Dak lost the Jets. Enough. Okay, and, and and Jeff likes to bring up he, he he likes bringing up the Jets and the and the Cowboys. The greatest this, game of his lifetime. This has him. nothing to do with the Cowboys. It really doesn't. All I'm talking about is the player. Okay, Guys, Deshaun Watson played in three playoff games too, and his numbers are similar to Dak's, mm-hmm. and he's got 14 sacks in those three games. Yep. Yep. So I, I put all those three guys in the same boat. Yep. Yeah, Watson only struggled his first game against the Colts. All the other games he played well. He did well against the Bills in that comeback. And then against the Chiefs, even though the team stunk, he still played well in that uh, that first half and then later in that game to at least try to come back. Obviously, the team just was terrible. That was, that that was the strangest game ever because even yeah. when it were up to like 24 right. nothing, you, you knew they were going to lose. <laughs> all right, and, so, All right, so guys, top five coaches. Speedy, get some music. Get some good music. Top five coaches of right all now. yes of, of all NFL. sports no any sport you you could go from the NFL the NBA NHL uh, any any sport even in tennis if you want or golf whatever the fuck. I don't give a crap where you want to go okay I uh, I want you to give me your top five coaches in all sports of all time um all right Josh you want to go first. Yeah, sure. Right. So for me, I mean, I'll start with five. I know with women's sports. And give us a reason why, too, by the way. No, of course. With women's sports, I understand it's it's, it's it's interesting. But to me, I find Pat Summit to be – has to be on the list, right? She's got over she's got over 1,000 wins in her career. She's been there for 38 years. She's done so many great things with recruiting. She's won medals at the in, with the women's basketball team for the Olympics. I mean uh-huh. – Everything she did winning national championships. So her career has to absolutely, I think, go on there as one of the best ones. Number four, I think I, I would think Jeff's going to like this one. To me, it's Red Auerbach. Red Auerbach had a great, 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 great run with um, the Boston Celtics winning those championships with Bill Russell. 
1965 Coach of the Year. And guys like Craig ba- Greg Popovich actually give a lot of praise as saying he, that's why he had the coach similar to what Red Auerbeck does. So I would go him at four. Um, you know, three, it, this is where I try to get interesting. I'll give it to Vince Lombardi because of what he did in his time as being the coach of the Packers, winning the first Super Bowls, doing all the great things that he did. It was amazing. It was unbelievable. The teams he did, helping with Bart Starr and those guys and everything like that. Uh, number two, uh, it's John Wooden. What, what, what literally what John Wayne did in the collegiate level was outrageously incredible. I forget how many, I believe he won, what was it? Um, if I'm not mistaken, seven in a row mm-hmm. in national championships. It's insane. And I understand the time period was different, but to me, what John Wayne did was incredible at UCLA. And number one is a no-brainer. It's it's, it's Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is, the, is, the, is literally what you want as a coach period in any sport the guy just demands the respect he demands the room he gets the most out of players that are great players that don't some don't think they don't belong on a roster like a chris hogan who's now playing in the professional lacrosse league um and becomes a big part of that super bowl championship so to me it's bill belichick all right, I'll, I'll, I agree with you on Wooden and Belichick for sure. I'll add uh, I'll add Gino Oriama in the mix. You mentioned Pat Summit in women's basketball. I mentioned yeah, Gino Oriama sure. too. Uh, what he did with UConn, they had almost 100 straight wins at one point. All the Final Fours, all the national championships in a row that he's had. And Coach K as well. you got to throw Coach K in there. Arguably the sure. greatest men's coach of all time with John Wooden. What he did for, for Duke was just tremendous. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll throw Vince Lombardi in there, like you said, and Scotty Bowman in the NHL. I mean, 12, 12 Stanley Cups, like almost 1,200 wins. All, uh, that's like I think 400 more than the next highest coach, which I think is Joel Quenville right now. And that's, that has to say something as well. So those will be my five. I agree with you on those three. Uh, Mark, you're up. Let's see. So obviously Wooden, Wooden's uh, my favorite coach of all time. So I'm a little biased with that. So you're putting him at uh, number one? What's that? You're putting I'll, him- I'll probably put him up there. I, I don't know. It's hard to distinguish your number one. Um, you, you, as much as I don't want to, because I think it was Brady that, Helped him more, looking at his winning percentage without him. Yeah, you have to put Belichick up there. You can't deny what what he's done. Um, you have to put Lombardi up there because you look at what the Packers were before he got there, and then after uh, with him, same group of players. Uh, he had a way of teaching that was unique. Um, you know, whether look the guy that intrigues me, Errol, and you tell me how you feel about this is Pat Riley because you know Pat Riley. He's on my list. Team. That's crazy that you said that. You know, he won with the Lakers, okay? Uh-huh. And you got it. Like, okay, he had Magic, he had Kareem, he had Worthy. But there have been plenty of guys that had talent. You know, I, I think it's Palestra with the with the Heat. Um, I, I think of guys that um, had, you know, Doc Rivers. I mean, there have been guys that have been blessed with a lot of talent and have not won consistently. Riley won consistently with the Lakers when he was expected to win. That's not always easy either. Um, but then with the Knicks, they really had no talent, and he made them very competitive. And then he also won that title with the Heat uh, um, when they were down by 2-0 to Dallas, and then yeah. I never thought they were going to win that series, uh, and they did. So I would consider him on the brink, um, a guy that uh, deserves recognition. I don't know if he deserves to be there, but he deserved recognition. Um, Parcells, I definitely think, deserves to be there because he won – with the Giants twice in that second Super Bowl, man, that was a masterful coaching job. Belichick had a lot to do with it, too, with the way he designed that game. 
and the Bills played right into it. Um, and then again, anybody that can have the success he did with the Jets, that's what disappoints me a little bit, is he didn't finish that off. I think if he would have stayed for that 2000 season instead of outgrowth, crying all out, um, they would have probably won the Super Bowl or at least been at a chance to win uh, because they were right there before Testaverde got hurt. The one bad thing I would say about Parcells is he didn't have a legitimate backup for Testaverde that year when he did get hurt. Um, so that's that. But also he won with the Jets, won with the Patriots, won with the Giants. Everywhere he went, he won. So I think you would put him in there. Um, Gino Oriyama was a guy I would say too because Oriyama's numbers I, I know it's women's college basketball and maybe they don't get Is that five? Did you get five or you got like ten? <laughs> um, no, but Oriyama is my fifth um, and Oriyama deserves to be in there too um, By the way, shame on me for forgetting Scotty Bowman Yeah, it's, it's hard Yeah, I mean, hockey's Bowman but Al Arbor too Al Arbor was, was Yeah, but, yeah. Paul, but Mark, Scotty Bowman won 14 Stanley Cubs as a coach as a player and as an right. organ- as a GM and as president. But you got to remember, too, that, that Bowman sometimes... Did I ever tell you the story how I met Scotty Bowman? You, so did you fart in an elevator and almost kill him? No, no. It's Dallas. Oh, good. You didn't do that? Ashley, it was in Dallas. Uh, Ashley, um, I was Sorry. walking down... No, no. I, I'm trying to think of the story. because you're. I know what his name is. Okay, um, I was Ashley. walking. I was walking down, and I was looking for somebody to interview. So I turned around, and I was backing up because somebody was bringing a table... And I backed into Scotty Bowman. I, ta- I turned around, and Ashley comes out of nowhere. He comes—I don't know where Ashley came from. And Ashley's like, "Oh, this is one of my uh, this is one of my peers, uh, Scotty. This is Errol Marks." He was like, "Hello, Errol. How are you?" I was like, "How are you, Scotty? I hope I didn't bump into you or hurt you." And 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 he says, "No, no. I was just standing over here." He's like, "It's like if I could get an interview with you." He says, uh, "Sorry, son. I I have a bunch of interviews that I have to go." Uh, so a bunch of Detroit presses and stuff like that. So that's how I met uh, Scotty Bowman. I accidentally bumped into him when a, they were moving. The security was moving the table out of the way, and I backed into him. And then, of course, Ashley comes out of nowhere. He might as well have hit in my ass, and I could have pulled him out. out of, he came out, oh, Scotty, this is my peer, Errol. You know, like his, Scotty knows who Ashley is. I mean, and if he does, he doesn't know. He doesn't give a shit. But yeah, that sounds very Ashley Sarge-esque. Yeah, but anyways, God, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. So I would I would say that he was done. Yeah. Between the difference between Arbor and Bowman was Bowman walked into some of those like with the Penguins. He was handed a team that was Stanley Cup ready. He was handed a team that was Stanley Cup ready with the Red Wings. So I think in that instance, he he got a couple of throw-ins there for Stanley Cups. But those Canadian teams, I mean, you can't take away from anything. He, He won with them. All right, my top five. At number one, Nick Saban. I mean, Nick Saban has dominated the college rankings, and not because he's from Alabama, not, not because of anything. Look at what he's done. How many people have won as many national championships in the football, college football? Nobody. Nobody's won as much as Nick Saban. He has been a dominant force at the college rankings, just like Bill Belichick. So he would be number uh, five for me. Number four, Coach K. I think he's been the most dominant coach in college basketball history, even more than Wooden. Everybody keeps putting John Wooden, but Coach K, uh, he's been a dominant force. He's really put college basketball at its top brass. Everybody wants to be the next coach. Everybody wants to compare and contrast Coach K. So Coach K would be number four for me. Uh, Number three, Pat Riley. I I think Pat Riley 
what he has done for basketball. And really, uh, the guy's a mastermind. He's, he's a brainiac. Look at all the coaches that have come under him and have been successful in, in all of the NBA. So uh, he's, he's a great judge of character, great judge of, of, you know, of talent. Um, I'm going to go with Pat Riley at number three. Uh, number two, Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick has been a dominant force in the NFL for the last 20 years. I hate the guy. He should have been a Jet, but that's just what it is. Uh, coached uh, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He's built, uh, he's built an understanding of how the game should be played and understands the game better than anybody. So um, I, I'm going to go with Bill Belichick at number two. And my number one guy, Scotty Bowman. Uh, I, I think Scotty Bowman, uh, yes, Al Arbor did what he did, you know, with the Islanders, with the talent that he had, some young players that he had, uh, talent that was growing. But uh, Scotty Bowman, the, the the amount of championships he's won. And everybody says, where's Phil Jackson? Phil Jackson coached a lot of talent. I'm not saying Phil Jackson is a great coach. I wouldn't put him in my top five because, look, he coached Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, and all the other outcast players that he has. I, I mean, I, and everybody's saying, well, Pat Riley coached Magic Johnson and all those guys. Yeah, but Pat Riley had the pressure he had with L.A., and everything was on his shoulders to win. So um, I would go at number one, Scotty Bowman. So that was my top five. So it's funny that you guys are all saying all these names. That was my top five from the beginning. Uh-huh. Scotty Bowman was my number one guy. Uh, I think people forget how good Scotty Bowman was. Yeah. You know, he, he was really, really good. And an NHL playoffs that has so much parity. Yep. I know, obviously, it was a little more dynasty-oriented at certain points, but it's always been a parody playoffs and winning 14 cups between like you were saying Josh between him being a coach and an executive like that always he gets, knew everything that he did all at once yeah. and have success at every level of it is he was a great judge of scouting too talent yep I mean he scouted and he uh, he scouted and found Sergey Fedorov he scouted and found Nicholas Lindstrom go ask anybody uh, the guy is a great judge of character and talent by the way Scotty Bowman came out and said the greatest player he's ever coached Mario Lemieux. Uh-huh. So, and, and you're talking about Stevie Iserman, all these guys. And and by the way, guess who drafted Stevie Iserman? Scotty Bowman. Yep. So, Got to give Greg Popovich some love, too. Yeah, well, Greg Popovich was right there on the cusp. But Greg Popovich also coached uh, some very uh, one of the greatest power forwards ever played. He did, but he he drafted and helped. Yes. Developed Duncan, so I and, and Tim Duncan even. Oh said, come on, he drafted Tim Duncan. Career. They got lucky that got Tim Duncan. Well, of course, but listen, Tim Duncan even said it. I owe my entire career to Greg Popovich. Yeah, he's he's pretty 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 look at how well we developed Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard was like the 15th pick in the draft. Yeah. And then Jeff he, says, "Yes, that's why I can't believe he thinks Coach K is better than Wooden." Oh, okay, I, I do believe Coach K is better than Wooden. Let's go. go what's John Wooden's numbers? And go, I'll go to Coach K. Wins won ten national championships, so it's hard to compare anybody to Dan. I mean, he also won seventy games in a row, or something. He won ten in twelve. That's fine. That's fine. He also played in a time where the game was, the game was a little bit more different. Okay. So here's a question for you guys: Do you know who this first coach was before? Popovich. Yes. No, I don't. What is what is winning's number? Who coached the Spurs? Who coached Bob Hill? Bob Hill was the coach. Who are you talking about? The uh, the the Spurs? The Spurs coached before Popovich. I I I I I didn't know it was Bob Hill, but I know Bob Hill coached the team. 
And he coached the Knicks. Yes, he bit. did. And he, he sucked with the Knicks. Don't even don't get, get me started with Bob Hill with the All Knicks. All right, John Wooden's career record was 664 and 162 in his coaching career. 620 and 147 with UCLA and 10 national championships. Okay, and, and overall record for Coach K, 1,097, 302. I, I'm, and I, I understand the national championship. Coach K dominated when college basketball was really starting to burst, was starting to blow up. Remember, there was only like three powerhouses uh, when it came to college basketball at that time. Only three of them, okay? There is a ton when Coach K was a dominant force in, in, in the NCAA. That's why I put Coach K over John Wooden. That's not a shot at John Wooden, okay? I had them both in my top five. I mean, you know, I, I don't understand why everybody – again uh, – it's fine. You guys don't agree with me. That's fine. Snug. You can say whatever you want. Jeff. You can say whatever you want. You can shove. You can. You can play with each other. You know, in the bathroom. I don't give a crap what you do. Okay. The fact is. Yeah. The fact is, is that when I look at the records and I look at what Coach K did at the time that he did it and the dominant the way he did it in a division that he did it in the ACC in the hardest yeah. basketball division in college college basketball, I'm sorry. I'm going with Coach K. So that's all I'm going to say. And that doesn't mean John Wooden is, isn't in my top ten, top seven. Okay? John Wooden would be in my top seven. So would Greg Popovich. So uh, I, that's just my pick. I, I, I hate Bill Belichick. I put him as my number two. Okay? So I'm not biased. I just tell you what I think in my way. Okay? You don't like it? Tough. Brett Goldstein says Barry Trotz and Tom Coughlin. Snug says Nick Saban, Bear Bryant, Nick Saban. Again, Bill Belichick and Nick Saban. And I like Bear Bryant, too. I was going to yeah. say Bear Bryant, too. Mm-hmm. But I'm sorry. Nick yeah, Saban's been more successful tough, than tough Bear ones Bryant. Just a bit, yeah, tough ones that just missed the cut. Uh, ben says Lombardi, Poe Ryan, Alvarez, and Pat Summers. Here's why I won't take Vince Lombardi. And I love Vince Lombardi. And I always said he was the greatest football coach of all time until Bill Belichick won his sixth Super Bowl. Because he did it in a time there was not many teams. That's only reason why. How many teams were were were, uh, were in the NFL when he was dominant? He's a dominant coach. What was it? Ten teams. It was yeah. It was minus ten in the AFC and then minus yeah four. So about probably 18, 16 or eighteen teams. I think. I'm so. sorry. That's I'm I'm just looking at numbers. That's the only reason why. And I think Vince Lombardi is is in my top seven eight. He's right there. Yeah. You know? Uh, Brett, uh, Brett also says Nick Saban. Snug says Bobby Cox. Uh, Brett says Al Arbor. Bobby Cox. What, how many championships did Bobby to- Cox win? Won one. One championship. One with all those great pitchers, the Tom Maddoxes of the world. I mean, the Tom Clavins of the world, to the Greg Maddoxes, to the John Smoltz, to the Danny Nagels. Okay, I remember. I remember that team. Uh, Brett, Brett also says Al Arbor. Sam says, correct list by Josh. I didn't say Nick And Sam says, Nick Saban is a colossal flop in the NFL. I never said as an NFL coach. Yeah, really. I'm saying if you were to ask the top coaches of their sport, I'm sorry. Nick Saban, to me, is the greatest college football coach of all time. Uh, Sam says, correct list by Josh. Brett says, Coach K. <laughs> Stuck says, Jim Harbaugh Michigan is killing it, especially against Ohio State. Uh, Brett says, great. Sam says, Bowman is a great pick. <laughs> Jeff says, Mark Sliss, Nick Saban, Bear Bryant, Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian, Adam Case. <laughs> Sam, uh, Sam says, Popovich and Phil Jackson were better than Pat Riley. Snug says, Jason Garrett with the Cowboys. Snug says, especially Popovich. And didn't win 70-plus games in a row. A little better than anything that other, any other men's coach has ever done. 
Jeff says, Errol's list, Adam Gase, Aaron Boone, Barry Trotz. I saw that. Line. You don't have to read that off. It's not even funny. It's stupid. It's uh, not even funny. I don't know why you're giggling. It's stupid. Stuck says, yeah, yes, it's why I think the, the, the Nick, he thinks Coach K is better than Warden. Stuck says, J.B. Bickerstaff. Okay. <laughs> Wasn't it Jackie Moon, Jeff says. Uh, Sam says, can't overlook Nick Saban's colossal floppy. I just said that. And Stuck says, wouldn't t- teams be better if there were less teams? Wouldn't there have been more talented, a greater concentration? And colossal flop, uh, I think colossal Nick Saban. Colossal flop did not fit. I, I, first of all, Nick, I, I think Nick Saban had a winning record even when he left Miami. Yeah, it, that, that's a stupid thing. If he did, it was like, only like one or it two. It doesn't matter. It wasn't a colossal. You're going to say if somebody has a colossal flop that's when he has a winning record when he leaves Absolutely. the NFL? Come on, that's stupid. The colossal flop would be Spurrier with the Redskins. That would. That be is yeah, stupid. Right. <laughs> that's not a colossal flop. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't. I don't know. Was he successful in the NFL the two years he was here? No. But uh, to say he's a colossal flop, go look what he's done in college football. Okay, it's, his recruitment classes are ridiculous. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. And and Alabama wasn't doing that until he went there. Right. No, this is guys. I got to go. But, uh, All right. All right, my friend. Get better. Stay, stay better, safe. Mark. We'll talk to you Mark. soon, bud. Get better, man. Thank you, we'll talk to you next week. week all right? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Take care, guys. Mark Kelly, guys. You can shut the music off, Speedy. All righty. Okay. So, uh, um, as far as I'm concerned, all right, you, I, I love the fans when they say stupid things and they say they're funny things, and I, I have nothing, um, nothing against anything you guys say if you have your opinions. Make your opinion and make your opinions stick. Stick. If they don't stick, then why even argue them? Because they sound stupid. Okay. It, it just. It. It, it really. I, I think you all know your sports. I, I really do. I, I think every single one of you guys have your own opinions towards sports. It's great. I talk to Jeff all the time religiously. Jeff is one of the one of the best sports uh, analyst analytic analysts. When it comes to college sports and stuff like that, I have a lot of respect for somebody that I can have a conversation with that has teached, has taught me some things that I didn't know about college football or college basketball. Even though he's an idiot sometimes on his stupid takes on on these on 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 live radio, uh, I still think Jeff is a very intelligent person. He knows what he's talking about. Even the beef that you guys pick on, all right? Yes, his takes and some of the things that he says is ridiculous, stupid, and dumb. Okay, but. There are things that he says that are intelligent. He does know an understanding of certain things that he talks about. Stug, you're not that dumb either. You have an understanding of sports too. Ben, you too. All you guys, you have an understanding. But if you're going to argue your points, and you're going to make your points, or you're going to argue with me, and you're going to take, you're going to take it, and you're going to make jokes, and you're going to say, I don't care if you make jokes. I laugh with you. I'll make the jokes with you. Make sure your points stick. Okay, that's all I'm saying. I want to get off this line. I'm going to say, you know what? Wow, I didn't even think of that. You know, I, I there are times that I'm like, you know, wow, I, I looked like an. Even if I wouldn't show you guys that, I would, I would say, you know what, that guy completely out outbid me on that argument. You know what I mean? I give people props for their arguments. I have nothing against anybody for their own thoughts. That that's what's what's great about sports radio. That's what's great about sports radio is that it gives you the opportunity to speak your own opinion and 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 give your own a take to that situation. And I want you guys to. That's what makes this show great. It's make this show funny. I, I love the comedy. But listen, I, I do want, I, I want you guys to come out with something that actually, Speedy will giggle to anything. It's not funny. It's, it's, you, I'll laugh at something if it's funny. If, if it's stupid, 
I'm not, I don't think it's funny. And I, I think it's, it's, it really puts a hole into what we're talking about. So just make your points. And, 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 it, and if you don't, if you can't make it on writing something, call the show. Jeff does it. Jeff does it. All right? That's all I'm saying. I feel like that's directed at Sam. <laughs> no, it's directed from all of you. It's not Sam. Why do you always bring up Sam? How about you Sam, shut up? Sam should call the show. <laughs> How about you shut up? It, it, it's everybody. It's everybody. Anybody that's listening to the show on all the different platforms we are. And there's a ton of people that are listening to the show. So I'm telling you the honest truth. I can't see what you're saying. Some people are driving the truckers and they're just listening to the show. If you're, you know, if you're listening to the show and you want, you want your opinions to be heard and you want, you want to argue your points with us, I have no problems arguing your points. Just make sure that your points are valid and they're not stupid. And don't try to attack somebody when you really, in the long ends, don't know what you're talking about. Or it, it, it sounds stupid because I'm going to go back after the show and I'm going to look at everything that I said and everything that you said. And I'm going to, I'm going to catch it. I'm going to say, okay, this guy's a moron. You know, so that's all I'm saying. That's, that's it. It has nothing to do with Sam. Sam seems like a nice guy. I, I am not ready for him to call the show. That's all. <laughs> so you're trying to force him to call the show. So you're saying stupid shit. Uh, that's great. Great, Speedy. And, and by the way, Jeff says another dumb rant. Well, guess what? Jeff, there's a lot of dumb things that you say. Matter of fact, there are things that you do when you call the show just to hear yourself talk. So that, that's, that's enough said on that. So anyways, uh, Josh, uh, did we miss anything today? No, I think we literally, this is the first time I think in our show that we've done where we actually covered every topic both nights. We got and every guest. And we even added a topic tonight. Yeah, well, I wanted to <laughs> get that topic. guest on top of it, but I think yep. we did well. Well, we got some new listeners, which is awesome. Well, yes, and I, I think a lot of people, a lot of people here, they 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 have some great takes. You know, I miss Carl because I think Carl had to go oh. to bed early. Uh, but uh, Carl is a is a huge person, a huge fan, and and he makes some good takes. And I actually talked to Carl here and there off air, and he sends me text messages. He sends me these posts and stuff like that. I, I will tell you this: there are a lot of knowledgeable people, knowledgeable people out here when it comes to sports. A lot. And I'm amazed on some of the stupid things and some of the great things that people tell me. I learn from a lot of people. I love sports radio and sports media. It's one of my – it's a passion of mine. It's something that I love to do. It's, it's something that I've grown to, to, to professionalize and, and, and be a part of in the future for myself and my family and all you guys. Um, I've learned a lot from everybody. And, and, and your opinions and, and, and they vary and, and that's what makes this this sport this business and, and what sports is is so important to me and, and everybody else's lives. It's a livelihood. So I really um, appreciate you know all the guys and all their opinions and stuff like that. So uh, this is not a taking shot at all of you guys. I just want if you're gonna make a take, make sure you know what you're talking about. That's all I'm saying because it really pisses me off to say Chris Paul is in the top three point guard of all time. If he wins a championship, is ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. And you say Isaiah Thomas when Isaiah Thomas, he's got better overall numbers than Isaiah Thomas, and he was a better overall player than Isaiah Thomas. So, and Isaiah Thomas played on the bad boys, and who's Chris Paul played for? So I rest my case. Anyways, uh, that's it for our show. Uh, anyways, uh, guys, listen to the Weekend Crunch on uh, the LI News Radio Network. Uh, we are going to be live on Saturday now at 7 p.m. So you'll be able to tune in, listen to us. If you're not uh, here in Long Island and within a 70-mile, 65-mile radius, well, you can listen to us on iHeartRadio, LI News Radio at 7 p.m. 
Eastern time uh, here in New York. So, um, Josh, do you have anything to say before we go? Uh, anything to slide through? By the way, th- thank you to John uh, Dago for joining us. Great, great guy. Um, no, listen, enjoy your 4th of July this weekend. Yes. Stay safe. You know, don't do anything stupid. Have a great time. Enjoy the three-day weekend if you're off Monday. Um, I know I am, and I'm going to get some caught-up rest for myself for sure. That's I don't have a day off on – I never have a day off anyways. Monday, I, uh, I'm i going to a business meeting. Uh, everything is uh, moving forward with uh, software, so there's so much stuff going on. Very overwhelming. And we're uh, working on New York sports team. I got Speedy. Have you worked on some of the stuff that I told you? A little bit. Okay. So uh, still working on, on that. So uh, And we're going to have some writers. I'm, I'm, I'm working on uh, reaching out to some of the writers that Mike uh, gave me. So anyways, thank you to all the fans, all the guys, John Daigle, all the people that call up the show. Uh, we the, the Sports Lab Mouths will be back on Wednesday next week. Looking forward to next week's show. Um, we uh, we will have Will on the show next week because he was supposed to come on. Awesome. He was supposed to come on. Like I said, I'm still really quick. I know we got to go. I'm still working on um, details. I know my brother's listening right now. He'll like this. We're, I'm working on getting uh, and he Bobby Valentine. One of these, Bobby Valentine. Yeah. So Bobby Valentine. Shout out great. to your brother, by the way. Uh, you know, I, I another good li- another new listener. And 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 listen, I want. I want all the sports fans to listen to the show because this show is educational. It's funny. It's great. Yeah, it's the guys, I mean, you saw it tonight. Like, like Sam um, is a friend of mine and my brother's. You got yeah. my brother, of course, listening. Frankie Coniglio, was, he might messaged you tonight. He was listening. Brett Goldstein's another associate I work with. Good. Um, so he was watching. So it's all just new people chiming in, loving it. And Brett, Brett loves – first off, Brett absolutely wanted me to say this. He loves Speedy. Mm-hmm. He goes, oh, he goes, oh, the guy is he's so knowledgeable. Kid, you know, it gets it gets him revved up, he says, that he's so knowledgeable. <laughs> mm. Well, Speedy is nothing to look at, that's for sure. But uh, uh, I'm not bragging about my looks. Uh, uh, the only thing that Speedy needs to learn how to do is admit when he's wrong. That's the only thing that he needs to do. And, and that's a big problem when it comes to media and sports. And, and, and hopefully, as he moves forward, he will do that because – uh, people will eat him up alive when he doesn't. And, and that that's a huge problem that he has. Uh, I told him that off, off air. And, and, and listen, everybody's got their weaknesses. Everybody's got their strengths. You got to know when you're wrong, and you got to take it, and you got to ride with it. And that's it. And admit when you're wrong. That's all I'm going to say about that. You can't sit here and say that you're always right because you're not. And and to think that you are shows you. <laughs> what am you, I, Mikey C? Now? <laughs> well, no, he thinks uh, Mikey he thinks C, he's ninety percent right. Well, Mikey C th- thought he was ninety percent right when he was ninety percent wrong and ten percent <laughs> idiotic. But anyways, uh, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we will be back next Wednesday. Until then, this is Errol Mark, Speedy Petey, and Joshua Little J Silverberg saying good night, and we'll talk to you then. Good night, everybody. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.